I would hate to be trying to promote a sport like that. Yeah. Because how far, how do you walk that line of, I know, are our drivers boring now because they mm. don't say the wrong thing? They get up there, they thank their sponsors, they kiss everybody's ass. Yeah. Like, Good boy, well done. <laughs> or do you let somebody be themselves. a character or a personality where <laughs> they might go on uh, and bunch, uh, beat the shit out of that so guy? True. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you find that balance as a promoter or as a sport to go, we don't want to be robotic, but we also don't want to be. Yeah, NASCAR where you look also, like a bunch of rednecks punching. You also want to sell seats, basically. Yeah. Like so, if you could get Warnable everywhere at every speedway track, this this the actual it would be a professional sport. There yeah. would not be any sort of semi-professional sort of sport there. Sprint cars would be like a V8 supercar. I think, think I think sprint cars do have that because honestly, I, yeah, because I don't want to watch cricket in the off season, right? No. I want to watch it on mainstream TV, which is what WA is doing, which is what yeah. Toby pointed out. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's yeah. so much potential with sprint cars and speedway. Yeah, right now. that's like. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to On The Couch With Hooli. This is Australia's number one motorsports podcast, where we interview motorsport personalities from all sides of the track, both locally and internationally. Whether it's two or four wheels, flat or dirt tracks, we get to know their stories. Hang on, Hawley. I just want to point out some key information for our listeners. What makes this podcast different is your host, Hawley, is a racing champion himself. That's definitely true. I ask the questions others might miss who don't have the experience behind the wheel. And a big kicker that makes us so different from the others is we're not here to get the latest headlines. Yes, we cannot emphasise that enough. We want to hear stories, lessons learned, challenges faced, the highs and lows, but we don't want to bully, pester, or in general, be assholes to our guests. Well, that's enough from us, so let's get into it and hear it from our next guest, Beyond the Helmet. On today's episode of On the Couch with Hooli, we've got the charismatic and entertaining sprint car driver, Alex Orr. Alex and I started off racing go-karts together back when we were younger. Since then, Alex has dabbled in multiple motorsport categories, including testing a Formula Ford on flat track, racing wingless sprint cars, and helping run a 410 sprint car team with his family. He's a carpenter by trade, but has done some amazing things in the speedway scene, including making a cameo appearance at the Chili Bowl in the speed cars over in North America. Anyway, that's enough from me, so let's hear it from the man himself, Alex Orr. We're rolling up. Yeah, we are. <coughs> yep. We're all good to go. Yeah, just keep going. Yeah, I'm just testing everything. Yep. Okay, yeah, cool. Sweet. Well, Alex, you're on the podcast, on the couch with Hawley. Long last. Yeah. Long last, yep. You were saying here um, you were against the traffic with Central, with the Central Coast, because you're a coasty boy, aren't you? Yes, I've um, grown up on the Central Coast my whole life and a bit sheltered like that. I yeah. get to the end of the freeway and start getting mad with all the traffic. <laughs> 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 start getting the, uh, the the temper out. But, yeah, no, I've lived – um. Uh, I live at a place called Rocky Point, so it's like on the Tugger Lakes on the Central Coast. So, yep. yeah, I've lived pretty much there or within 10 minutes of there my whole life. So, yeah, coming um, – it's an interesting drive down. But, yeah, like I said, um, most of the commuters are coming from Sydney back up to the coast or Newcastle in the afternoon. So coming here wasn't too bad. Can't yeah. complain. Do you – so do you, you work as a chippy though – up the central coast or you do you do you do some of your work down here? Yeah. Like not uh, not Northern Beaches, because it's the first time you've actually been here too. Yeah, isn't it? no. So um <laughs> that's an interesting one because as far as our family business is sponsoring the race cars, everybody's always asked me what we do. So yeah. I am a, a carpenter by trade, um, studying to be a, a licensed builder, but we we have what's called um manufactured home villages. So 
for lack of a better word, it, it's basically retirement villages, but with a different set of rules. So yeah, um, different set of legislation. So yeah, we own three retirement villages. Um, so we own the villages, build the houses, and and all that type of stuff. So yeah, I, I basically build houses for a living, relocatable houses. Yeah. Um, we're actually just starting a new development this year of a of a new village. So. Is it, is, is it all up the coast? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we uh, one in Wyong, one in Tugra, and one in a suburb called Wadalba. So it's all within sort of fifteen minutes of each other. So super, super fortunate. I don't do much traveling at all. Um, I did my apprenticeship sort of down in Sydney with a commercial builder. So yeah, did do my fair share of um, commuting when I was younger, but no more. So did, did you finish? Did you finish school, or did you get? Did you leave school? Because it's rare. Because I was talking to I think mm. Brooks Dad was mentioning that not not a lot of people. So we were talking to someone that. There's less trades now because a lot of people are moving on to, I don't know, because social media is kicking off. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That some people don't want to finish their apprenticeships. Do you know what I mean? Is Yeah. Were you, so were you, uh, were you at that end of that part where it wasn't, where there was still a lot of people coming in through the trades or was it thinning out still uh, there? I was probably just at the tail end of where there was like a sufficient supply of apprentices and, and new tradesmen. So I'm what, 30, 30 this year. Yeah. Um, so I was like a year younger than everybody at school. So I did year 12 and then went and got an apprenticeship and I was still only 17. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I was doing it, there wasn't sort of the the trade shortage there is now. Mm. So yeah, it's um been a long ride. So what, 13 years in the game now. So learned a thing or two. So we're sort of um sort of doing a bit more project managing yeah. uh, now sort of in, in the office a bit more. So somebody's got to help the old man out. Yeah, a bit, a bit with the racing side. We'll go back and forth because this is what this That's podcast fine, is about. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk shit with the best of them. <laughs> um, was it was it your brother that was the first one that got into karting first, or was it your who? No, cousin, cousin. Right. So okay. yeah, long story. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> plenty of them. So as far as our family goes, and a lot of people at race tracks have no idea who's no idea who's my father or who's my uncle. Yeah. So as far as everything in our family goes, my father and my uncle own the businesses. My uncle has three children of his own, yeah. um, Michael, who's the eldest, Peter and Rebecca. Then my father has myself and my younger brother, Jamie. So, um, yeah, my cousin Michael started racing when he's 40, thereabouts. So Started yeah. racing carts when he was 40? No, he's 40 now. He started oh, racing carts okay. when he was a kid too. So, um, yeah, our family's been racing something for a fucking long time. Yeah. Um, so you probably would have known my cousin Peter. He's the one who was sort of – couple of years older than me racing around about the same time as me. So is this Peter O'Neill who races with you? No, no, no. Okay. Peter O'Neill, um, just become a friend of the family over the years. Uh, just a bit of an, bit of an associate. He's a private certifier for building anyway. So I've sort of met him through that. So he, um, yeah, he rents one of our sprint cars out. Yep. Um, so he's a good dude. Get along with him. Great. So glad he's, he's a part of it all, but we'll get back to him later. Yeah. We'll get back to him later. But yeah, no. So my cousin Peter started racing, um, uh, and from there, like the whole family's been into it. My old man and my uncle raced um, leader sprint cars or what's now called lightning sprints yep. um, back when they were young. Got into sprint cars as well, but sort of the budget wasn't there. So it was a really mm. piece of shit. But, car. Your, but your family, like, because we were growing up together in the same yeah, yep. karting space, which yep. is, by the way, dramatically changed since we've left. Yeah, like, like yeah, there's absolutely. just so much. I've Because I've had many people from karting as well come yeah. on here now. Yeah. The politics has changed. The, oh, the yeah, clubs have changed. It's like... <laughs> You got to get like I don't know what it's like. You know those things that that GIF. Hopefully we can do this on the YouTube where it, where it comes up. Calculate, yeah, calculating what's going yeah, on. Which yeah. tires they use. Tom yeah, and Wilson yeah. explaining, and Brooke was like, well, "How do we even get a kid into carts these?" But back yeah. back to us, it was a lot more simpler. You and yep. your family used to basically 
travel everywhere. Yeah. Like it was like, it was, it was basically like a big weekend out when you Yeah. Guys- oh, I used to like, some of my best childhood memories were away racing. Um, so yeah, we like did the Premier State Cup, the Super 8 series and all that when I was younger. So yeah, um, there was obviously me and my immediate family, my mum and my dad. So all my cousins, my uncle and auntie were racing as well. And um, uh, my uncle's best mate is Derek Ferry. So the whole Ferry family, which you'd know as well, raced yeah. carts with us as well. So we were like a big traveling circus, mate. Everywhere we went, there was like 25 of us at the same motel. So we used to have so much fun, man. So much fun. So yeah, I, I reminisce on those days all the time. Had yeah. a lot of fun. The ferry, the ferry boys, they're still helping. They've still got their own cart. Yeah, still team. got a finger in the pie somewhere. I'm not, I, I don't keep up with it as much as I used to. So I think they still race from time to time. Dan did have um, the shop at Newcastle for a little while there, Trackside Motorsport. Yeah. Um, was that actually located at the track? Yeah, there was a shed at the track. Yeah, they yeah. had the shop there. Um, so I think he's gone on to different things now. They pretty much own their own um, pool servicing shop. Yeah. Um, I think it's called Beyond Blue Pool Servicing. So they all work there now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So funny how things change. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually interested in, before we get into the sprint car stuff, which That's I'm pretty fun. sure yeah. a lot of the listeners are keen <laughs> for, but you've got to get to know the person That's before, the, before yeah. the racing. Yeah. So with the, the with the trade stuff, you left school at the age of? 17. 17? Yeah. Did you, and you didn't finish school? No, I did. Got my, okay. got my HSC. So I was a year younger than everybody in my year. So yeah. I was one of those kids that started when they were four. Yeah. Barely what, got my license by the end of year 12. So what yeah. made what made you decide to finish the HSC and then go still into trades? Because a lot of people just go HSC and then hope for a job at, I don't know, yeah. JB Hi-Fi or Apple. Yeah, Do you know or, what I mean? Or if you're going to be a trader, usually they left in year 10. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I just sort of, um, I was pretty indecisive as a kid. So I had the benefit of being younger than everybody. So I didn't feel like if I went to year 12 as a normal kid and was 18 when I left school, mm. I was like, well, look, I'm not sure I want to leave in year 10 and not get my HSC just in case, you know, things change and I'm older. But also if I do get my HSC and still go be a tradesman, I'm only 17. Yeah. Like most kids when they leave in year 10 or 16, I had the ability to sort of go to year 12 and still be young when I left or still be a year younger than everybody else when I left. So, yeah, um, had my license to go get my get work and all that. So didn't want to be sort of 16 trying to get an apprenticeship and have to hitch a ride with the boss everywhere. So, yeah. That's just sort of how that went. It's just a choice I made. Did you prefer when back to the karting stuff? Did you, did you, so were you still doing your, like your trades at that point towards the end of your karting or were you, we were at sprint car level at no, that time? So I, I say so <laughs> funny thing about the carts and all the, you know, it yeah. was a simpler time back in our day. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's one thing I probably think karting has done a lot better now than what it did when we were racing and I'll get to the reason why mm-hmm. is that I think the engines are a lot closer. As when we as, were racing? No, now. As now. far as parity is concerned, yeah. I don't know. That's just what I've been told because I've been so far removed from that circle for a long time. Yeah. Um, but my old man hated go-karts back in the day. Really? I knew that was kind of the only option. Like I raced motorbikes from four through to seven. Yep. So I was racing something from four. Yeah. Um, he basically had me in that because that was the only thing you could do it for. You know, you can't race a kart at four. Yeah. Um, so once I turned seven, we got into karts. But he hated, you know, I, I raced back in the days of – um, sort of with Warren White, James Kovacek and Chaz Mostert and all that yeah. sort of in our, in our class. And it was really competitive in the juniors ranks when you, who you were racing. Super competitive and like the Tanty boys and stuff like yeah. that. I was um, going to bring them up later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a connection there too. Yeah. Um, but basically, and with all due respect to those guys, because they're, they're all excellent drivers, don't get me wrong, but mm. there were some motors, man, that it didn't matter what you did. You yeah. weren't getting anywhere near 
cart A or cart B and my old man used to just sit there going, I hate this. Yeah. It's just like J motors especially. Like, yeah. oh, there's a $4,000 water pump, you yeah. know, because it's a second a lap quicker than everybody else. So um, I remember sitting on at Newcastle because that's where your local club was. I was yeah. sitting with Tara Tanti at the time. Yeah. And it's true because you look at the motors back then, which is, I guess, is why it's more fair now. Mm. And because you were such a local around that track, like Tara and I were like, surely he's going to win this heat. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And you could just tell that whatever they've done with that motor, that it, there would always be that always be that one Yamaha or that certain engine that would be the peak of the class. Yeah, it's you just know. a breakaway. Like, yeah. and, so is this all just to get for anyone else listening as well for myself? So was this legal and that was allowed? So you could do all this, just depending on how much money you had. Was, yeah. I didn't. I'm just asking. That's up for rules. That's up for arguments. I guess. Okay. Up for <laughs> um, oh, yeah. There was motors that were 100 legal that were yeah. just strangely fast compared to everything else. Okay, yeah, yeah. But mm. I'm sure there was a fair share of cheating without being mm. the sourpuss. Yep. But mm. yeah, um, will we ever know for sure? Probably okay, not. Okay, yeah. Just- <laughs> Tommy Williamson came on and he was basically saying, which you would agree with this, say Dave Sarah would sell a motor and then people would keep saying, I've got the Dave Sarah motor, but there would always be that thing. <laughs> Remember back in our day that like, I've got the Christian Limbaugh motor or yeah. I've got the, do you know what I mean? But 10 guys have got that motor and he's yeah. just sold us. <laughs> yeah, sprint cars still do that a little bit too. I've, um, we bought a Tony Stewart racing motor yeah. a couple of years ago and, and it won the Knoxville Nationals in 2017, the last Chev that yeah. they ever had to win the Knoxville Nationals. But I've spoken to three other people who apparently have the same motor. So, yeah, right. oh, so it goes around in sprint cars too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if they have four, like those outlaw teams, they have five identical motors as far as the spec. Yeah. They'll just sell that same motor. Yeah, that's the one that won such and such a race, sell it five times over to the same dickhead or different dickheads and, and really? that's that. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Is it is it cheaper to buy though? I'm, now the fans are probably going to love this. Is it cheaper to buy like a KRE engine? in Australia, or is it better to search for an engine overseas? Uh, like from in your opinion? That's hard to say. Um, I actually, you know, I was thinking about that on the way down here is like I, I actually spoke to our engine builder, Adrian Ma, about a yeah. new engine we've got coming. He's a good peddler too in, in his yeah, own and right. Yeah, mate, he was a weapon, absolute yeah. weapon, and a weapon of an engine builder too. Like, um, mm. So basically I know what we're paying for a motor out of the States that he's assembling. Yep. And I haven't, I was only thinking that I was going, I haven't checked what KRE's prices are for a new motor these days, but I know, and my old man's probably going to kill me for saying it, but I know that a new motor for us at the moment, and we're getting a rider out of America, which is what Kyle Larson use, uses. It's what, um, it's what Jamie Veal's using in Australia. So they, they tend to be the duck's guts motor oh, at the moment. So, so riders, so there's different like engine, are they engine builder names? Builders, yes. Yeah. So a yes. rider's a good motor that, that the front guys would use. Yeah, so the hard thing is like KRE can build your motor with all the same gear that Ryder yeah. will build your motor, same head, same crank, same, yeah. you know. So same, an Australian's building this motor and, and the American, yeah. Yeah, and the difference might be in camshaft or, or injection, stuff like that. So basically KRE can build your 900 horsepower motor. Ryder claims 920 to 930. Yeah. Um, we have a one-way motor that should be around about the 932, which is the one that um, Adrian Mars assembling. Mm. Um, so basically everybody can get the same parts from all pro heads or Sunny Bryant cranks or Donovan blocks and stuff like that. So you can all, you, everybody can get the same parts and build it, mm. but there's little tweaks here and there that the different engine builders yeah. have or do. And, but and there's that's also, where the difference is. There's also the, like now that you're seeing with the Rizel arriving and all that, how they've got Toyota, Chevy and Ford. Yeah. That's is, starting is, to get is, interesting. That, is that the differences as well in the motors or 
do you have to make a certain motor? I mean, you obviously haven't driven all those top no, of No, I haven't, those, haven't been fortunate enough. Yeah. <laughs> You're struggling to get a spare motor yourself, Oh, you? mate, though, let's, we'll get to that too. <laughs> yeah. That's another shit fight in itself. So. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, so differences are basically in, in the engine builders and how they assemble a motor and how they configure a motor, but the parts are very similar yeah. um, throughout throughout the whole field. You know, I've... Um, but yeah, basically, so I know the ride is costing between a hundred to $110,000, depending on how you option it brand new. Yep. And the one way technologies motor by Adrian Maher is, is a similar thing. I'm not sure what KRE is at the moment. Yep. Couldn't say for sure, but, um, is it better to be with KRE or rider or whoever? That's just up to personal preference because as far as sprint cars go, 900 horsepower is probably too much horsepower for quarter mile tracks that we run on. Yeah. It's more about how they accelerate, how they throttle up is, is the terminology we use. Yeah. Um, Cause obviously a sprint car is driven with wheel spin mm. basically 24 seven. But with Eastern Creek, cause as you, as we've, we're speaking about outside, Parramatta is a huge track and Warnable is a huge track. You basically, I mean, I guess Eastern Creek, cause it's just a short track. You're there's more wheel spin. Is that, and that's why you're driving on like an angle. Like you see it's, in the photos. It's I'm hard. It. So I think as far as, Length around the pole line, it's yep. the same size as Parramatta, um, but it's a very different shape. So Parramatta is probably more longer straightaways, but tighter corners. Yep. Whereas Eastern Creek's almost a circle. There's not much straightaway, but really wide corners. Yep. So we're actually punishing motors harder at Eastern Creek than we would have been at Parramatta. Yep. Even though Parramatta had longer straights, but Eastern Creek, you tend to be on the wheel spin constantly, basically yep. constantly in the circle turning. And I think our... Um, the, the very minimal laps I've done there, our rev range, like our low rev on our best lap was mm. like 7,200 RPM yep. and our high rev was 92. Yeah. So we're sitting within it just I, constantly I, up in the rev range, yeah, never I, really coming off it. What I found when Brooke was interesting there was because it was such a new track at Eastern Creek, each one was going faster at the start, so you would get like the lap record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever did, yeah, but yeah, the lap get, record is constantly yeah, tumbling. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you'd be like, you're like 33 seconds of fame. You'd be like, yes, yes. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then out comes Jamie Veal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, it'd be interesting to see how Eastern Creek develops as a track because I think without shitting on anybody, because mm. obviously they're working hard at it, but there's plenty of room for improvement there. Yeah. To be I, brutally I, honest. I think that track is building character. Obviously. Yeah. Now, there's, there's potential there. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. um, I I actually took a few photos at the last meeting when I was walking away and, and people were talking about how the track had widened up nicely. Yeah. I was walking up the main straight and took a picture back towards turn one and two um, where the cushion was, mm. where the color change in the track was. We still had three or four meters of track width that is usable there. Yeah. And we're and yet to use it yet. Wow. Like that place, if you get a, like, obviously we run down the fence on straightaways and stuff, but as far as actually running the wall in the corners, like if that track can ever get shaped properly so in the sense can. that you can get near the wall, that track will be so different and so much faster. You won't know it. It'll be wow. a completely different track. So, so that's what we saw last time when we were there, because remember we were seeing like the dumpsies going up into that bit, but that it was all just like torn up. So yeah. They were, they were trying yeah. to miss it and then come back in. Yeah, exactly. And I said to Danny, missing so much track. That's what we were mm. looking at. That yeah. Was missing. By the way, Brooke yeah. was pointing this out to me. So there you go. That's that's how much she's loving the <laughs> More sport. More of a racer than you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? We're missing this, Dan. What is yeah, this? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So exactly like you saw, we want that to push further and yeah. further up to the wall. Like if you do ever go to, have you ever been to Warnable? No, we're planning to go next year. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm doing. When, Warnab- when Warnable's right, Awesome. Do you yeah. think we could get a podcast there going? Like if we actually had the funding to, like, you know, the Fan Appreciation Ooh. Day? Is that yeah. a good idea? Mate, I like 
Warner Bulls is a different breed of people in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> in a good way. I love you, Warner Bull. Um, but they just live and breathe sprint cars, man. I've yeah. never yeah. seen crowds like it for Speedway in Australia. Like I think they average about probably between eight and 11,000 people there on the final night. Like, wow. The, wow. Like as far as calling it Sun Gold Stadium, it is like a stadium. It's like a football atmosphere. That's, they're vocal. They cheer. They boo. Um, wow. It's just awesome, like to actually hear an enthusiastic crowd like that, and to have it every year upon year mm. um, is awesome. And the fan appreciation day, it's the same. Like we we went last year, um, and on the fan appreciation day, we were just servicing our car. We'd race the night before. Yeah, um, you didn't have any merchandise or anything. No, no merchandise. Okay. But we were parked next to the Dumsneys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're feeling it, but you're not. You're I felt selling it. <laughs> wasn't selling shit. But, um, no, so. Obviously, Max grew up you yeah. know, close to Warnable, so he's a hometown hero there. And, and as far as I'm concerned, the king of Australian sprint cars. Oh, 100%, um, yeah. So, yeah, when you park up next to the Dumbs and he's on the Fan Appreciation Day, man, there's hundreds of people around him all day long. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't tell you how many people there, at all, you know, all together, but it'd be thousands, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a podcast on the Fan Appreciation Day would be sick. It'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah, sweet. Put that on the bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> Put Warnable on the bucket list. So like that track when it's right is awesome. When you can run a foot off the wall the whole way around the track, like um, that is awesome. I would hope Eastern Creek gets to yeah. a stage like that because I think Parramatta was about 18 metres wide from what I've heard mm. um, in the corners. Eastern Creek's 22 metres wide. Yeah, There's another four metres of racing track to be used there. Yeah, um, But right now, in my opinion, the problem is, is that you watch the banking go up the track about two thirds of the track on a, on a consistent bank. Yeah. And then it flattens off for the last three or four meters, which is the three or four meters we don't use because yeah. it's nothing like having the track holding you there and then getting over this yeah. lump in the track. And it's like somebody throwing an anchor to the fence and trying to drag you in. There. Is that, is that, is that what's causing for the people, the new fans coming in that, that weird, awkward tumble when you, when you have an accident, do you know what I mean? When they go, Ooh, and they just fucking, then they bang, they flip. Do you know what I mean? Uh, is that why? Cause it's going up to that, that weird spot. No, I wouldn't say that. It's more like if you ever see a car go screaming in to turn one and two. Yeah. And all of a sudden it looks like he just belts the fence out of nowhere. Like he completely misjudged the corner. You think, Oh, that was silly. He yeah. just drove straight at the fence. Yeah. That's, Probably not the driver's fault much at all. That's um, as far as banking holding you. It's it's how do I explain it? It's like being in a cart and then somebody just throwing a bucket of water on the corner as you're halfway through it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> being in the dry and just somebody coming with a twenty liter bucket of water and throwing it on the track wow. halfway through the corner. So it's it's a really unnerving feeling to be stuck in a corner. Yeah, and then have the car just go free and want to spin out and slide up into the fence. It's a really unnerving feeling. Yeah. And I think you can see it in the way everybody's racing there because like I said, we're, we're not near the fence Yeah, and I can't wait for the track to get that way because I think it will eventually. Yeah. Um, but we're not there yet. Before Parramatta shot you, um, I was reading an old speed cafe article. I think you, did you win the night? Or was, it was when it was. Haven't won anything in a sprint car. One long no. wingless sprint car. Okay. So well, that was, was my gonna, transition. I was going to ask wingless stuff, but I was thinking you had like a highlight that made speed cafe a few years ago. It was, 2018 it? it was. 2018. Yeah, yeah quite possibly. I think we just went on, as far as I was, like as far as my results mm-hmm. went, as a bit of a tear. We sort of had a lot of top five finishes. I think we had two podiums in the space of um, mm. probably a month or two. So I think it was kind of there was one probably year- as far as the Speedway community was concerned, a bit of a breakout season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Still never managed to win a fucking race there. But <laughs> you did so really close. well. There's, um, oh, there's one video that I love. It's the um, 
it's, I think it's a George Tatnell Memorial. Yeah. There was me, Sammy and Robbie Farr went at it for sort of the last seven or eight laps. Yeah. I lost count of how many times we all changed the lead, but it was probably one of the funnest races I've ever had in a sprint car, even though I ended up third out of that yeah. sort of battle. I think we hit the lead like five laps to go. Mm. I thought, oh, this might be it. Yeah. So I thought, just calm down. Don't do, any, don't do anything stupid. And I think there was like a foot high cushion at Paramount and just dunk, launched off the track. <laughs> Actually, like, come on, boys, come back through <laughs> and then try it again. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, plenty of good times at Parramatta. I miss that place. I think everybody does as far as Speedway fans are concerned because I think that was the best track in the country mm. by far. It also had this, um, I mean, obviously it was shutting down, but it also had that nostalgic feeling, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. in Melbourne, even in Queensland, oh, I guess Queensland had has Archerfield. Do they have Archerfield? Is that their closest one? Or is it, or is it Toowoomba? Uh, Archerfield's closest to Brisbane. Yeah. Um, and Toowoomba is Toowoomba. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Archerfield's been around a long time too, so it probably matches Parramatta for nostalgia. Yeah. But, yeah, Parramatta's cool. You're starting to watch a, a city be built around a speedway. Like Th- That's what I was basically getting yeah. to. Yeah. That's, it's like Todd Road in the carts. Like yeah. when you go at the top of the Todd Road track in, in Melbourne and see all the skyscrapers in the background, like it's, um, yeah, it's a bit surreal, but probably inevitable, you know. Um, as sad as it is to say, business is business, and, and I'm sure – that land will be much more valuable as commercial property one day once all the yeah. once the metro is built and all that. So, yeah, probably inevitable. Mm. Thankful that we've got somewhere else to race. Yeah. Do I think it's as good as Parramatta? Not yet. Yeah. Can it get as good as Parramatta? Yeah, absolutely. So time will tell. Yeah. How did you? I've got to ask about a, a, a specific race about Parramatta where they had the fifty. I think it was a fifty lapper, the one that the, the like the endurance race mm-hmm. that they had one night. Yep. I've got to ask about how you controlled your tire wear through those through those races because I remember going years ago to <coughs> you guys in the pits and basically your tires would be blistered and mm. like basically all the rubber would be on the track. Yeah. And you'd, you'd, you'd basically come with a bald tire. Yes. How do you manage all that horsepower without basically popping the tire? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because those races you'd have to stop for fuel, but you'd leave the tires on. Or you'd yes, you're not f- allowed to change a tire. Or yeah. you could, but it was rear field. Yeah. And they, they went like rear field, even for the cars that were lapped, like you want to lap down type of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was broken into two 25 lap races. So basically with sprint cars, we have, depending on the brand of tire you go with. So who's your, you have a WAV compound or yeah. you can go harder. Mm. Um, not many people do. We run American racer tires. So you've got a slightly softer compound, which is called an SD 38. Yep. Um, which we used to usually run for qualifying and heat races and stuff. Probably even a B main if you were to run it. Yeah. As you come to feature races, you go to a slightly harder compound, which would be an MC2, it's called. Mm-hmm. And that's how we usually got through feature races. Um, do you have to conserve? Yeah, absolutely. You have to drive it conservatively. Um, but with sprint cars, and again, a bit unique about sprint cars, we're so overpowered for what the tires can do at the end of the night. So, and I think KRE has done a video on this. He goes, sprint car guys are pains in the ass, basically, because we want 950 horsepower at the start of the night, but I want 750 at the end of the night. <laughs> so you can do things to a motor to kill some horsepower. Yeah. Um, so do do guys do you guys like yourself play with motors too for like a longer race? Obviously, um, obviously it's not having Eastern Creek because they're still doing 30 lap. Yeah, like or even in a 30 lap feature, if it goes really slick, like if you were qualifying at a, an 11 second lap and all of a sudden the feature race times are going to be like 14, 15 second laps. People will kill horsepower out of a motor anyway, just to make it more yeah. drivable. And you'll do that in the pits. Yes. So yeah. you'll see, um, you know, the, the, the slack, the slang terminology is the ram tubes. So out of your injection, the big trumpets. Yep. Um, so we have like 2.9 inch 
injection per cylinder. So you've got 2.9 inch trumpets. Mm-hmm. Um, they have inserts that reduce that intake to, I think, two and a half inches even or two and whatever. Yeah. Um, so you can take a shitload of air out of the motor. You can put a smaller set of exhausts or mufflers on it, uh, sorry, extractors on it to kill a bit of air yeah. coming out of the motor. So, um, And you can play a bit with fuel. You can sort of flood the motor with mm. fuel. Um, so, yeah, th- there is – don't hold me to it because we don't usually – mess with it that much mm-hmm. um but i think you can sort of get from about 900 and take about 70 or 80 horsepower out of a motor pretty yep. easily if you needed to um so as far as conserving for a 50 lap race goes yeah you'd probably kill horsepower out of a motor mm. um does that get, stuff you up at the start of the race though for that race yeah. or not really or does it just play does it potentially does it, does it kick in towards the end of that race do you know what i mean i guess it depends on how the driver likes to drive a car. Yeah. So me personally, I don't usually like killing horsepower, mm. um, especially when we're talking uh, days at Parramatta when you had a foot high cushion because you needed to have wheel spin all the time. That's yeah. the only way to get around a cushion without trying to flip the car over. So every time we took horsepower out of my motor, I hated it because yeah. I couldn't light the tire up very easily and, and get out of these ruts or sticky situations. Would that be your crew chief's choice or your choice as the driver? Uh, Would depends, he- on, depends on what team. So for me, we're probably a bit unique in the sense that there's myself, my father and my uncle. Yep. Um, so we basically run it as all opinions are equal mm. in that regard. Okay. If so we your get, dad or your uncle don't override you, do they actually uh, leave a driver choice? Or- so we go sort of 2v1. Yep. So we have three opinions. If there's two people that are of the same opinion, then we do that. Or yep. if three people have the same opinion, even better. Um, but usually, and it kind of works well, if you've got three heads, there's always going to be 2v1 or all in for the same opinion. Yep. Um, so it's kind of, Yeah. Because when you hit your peak, like obviously you've had a bit of bad luck now with not having a motor and oh, racing less, <laughs> yeah. and there's not much. There's been a few rain outs in Eastern Creek. Yep. But when you hit that peak, like as you said, your golden <laughs> we'll call it your golden era in 2017, 18. <laughs> right when you're on fire, don't flatter me. <laughs> you're you're on, <laughs> when you when you're on fire, you have this smooth like it like you kind of in my opinion from watching you for years, mm. Warren Ferguson and those guys and Sammy Walsh, you have the 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 Parramatta posse have that certain style of driving, especially around that track. But are you still trying to find your groove to be that quick as opposed to move that style of driving to Eastern Creek? Do Absolutely. You know what I mean? Oh, man, I feel like a fish out of water there, Yeah, which is only making the fact that I'm sitting out now harder and harder. So um, obviously the last time – so pre-COVID mm. or just as COVID was starting, my daughter was born on the last night that they raced at Parramatta. Wow. So I was in the hospital watching the racing with baby girl in my arm. Mm-hmm. Um, then the track shut, never to be opened. So I didn't even get to do the last race meeting there. Obviously, well, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, so obviously we had two years of rubbish and bullshit that we never got to race with. Um, mind you, whilst Queensland basically kept racing for yeah. the most part, like Archerfield kept racing, Toowoomba kept racing. So a lot of the Queensland guys have had laps and laps on laps over the past three years that none of us got. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we had the, the two years of COVID, no Parramatta, waiting for Eastern Creek to get built, which obviously ran over on time. Yeah. And then it seemed like all it's done is rain there. Mm. So I feel like I was only talking to my mate, um, Brendan Scorgy about this the other day. Yeah. I reckon I've lucky to have done a couple of hundred laps in three years. Yeah, right. And he said, I've done 400 this season. And where's he, Queensland? No, Brendan lives, um, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, right. I thought he was a Queenslander for some no, reason. No, no, he lives in Yass, sort of down uh, Jackson Delamont way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but yeah, so- it's killing me watching people get hundreds of laps just in a season. Yeah. And I feel like since my daughter's been born, I haven't done a full season of racing at all. Yeah. Um, so 
Do you get the same satisfaction though being a father to race in a car? Like, do you still get uh, that, yeah, that, that wholesome feeling? Do you know what I mean? 100%, 100%. I had um, a very, very intelligent guy, a crew chief of mine in the past, um, Bill Roberts, say to me once, he go, um, when my wife was pregnant, he said, mate, once once this happens, this racing shit means nothing. Yeah. And I won't go as far as saying it means nothing. It means nothing in comparison to your children. Like yeah, there's no yeah, better yeah. feeling when your kid runs up to you, gives you a cuddle or something like that or – yeah. When you come home, my kids sit there bashing on the door like, that's home. It's the best <laughs> feeling in the world. But, um, yeah. you know, so racing's still everything to me. Yeah. Until you compare it to your children, then it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but So that maybe changes people. But, um, but yeah, I still think I'd like to be competitive. I'd like to race a sprint car as long as I can. Like I watch Max Dumbton yeah. still be competitive at like 45 years old <laughs> with all due respect. Yeah. But I was like, this is awesome. Like I want to be doing that. So have you always been a competitive kid though, growing up? Like, did you do any mm. other sports and stuff? At yeah, school? way too competitive for my own good. Yeah, right. It's like, a bit, absolute, like, absolute, a bit like this woman over here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get along. I'm an absolute, I'm an absolute bitch when I lose. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> Man, I, I like speaking of Scorgy, I went. Um, so my best mate Daniel Field and Tara Tanti, people you know. Yeah, of, yeah. Um, we went to the snow. My wife and I went to the snow with them, and Brendan and his and his girlfriend Laura, or fiance Laura, mm. and um. Yeah, they're all much better snowboarders than me, Daniel and Brendan. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep up, trying to keep up. By the end of the day, I'm like, fuck this, take me to snowboard off, marching down the hill. I've had enough of this shit. I'm not good at it. I don't like it. I'm not good at it. I don't like it. I'm not better than somebody at it. So yeah, I'm competitive, way yeah. too competitive for my own good. Um, so yeah, I played soccer as a kid up yeah. until about, I did soccer and carts till I was about um, 12. Mm. And then it was like, hey, you're either letting down a team, like a soccer team, because you're not there half the time racing. So yeah, dad sort of went, you know, make your choice and that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> that was so, motor racing every day of the week. With your bike stuff though, did you go out the back and learn how to ride a motorbike or did you go to like a little bike track to learn how to ride a motorbike? Dude, when it happens at four, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember much of that. No, I actually I have, Do you have any photos. Bro? I have photos of me learning to ride like a little Wee 50. I think dad took me to like to the local AFL field. Yeah. Okay. And just pretty much walked behind me holding the back of the bike until you sort of let yeah. go and learn how to ride a bike. So yeah, that's sort of how I learned. Then I, I did end up racing. Um, mm. I think at Lake Macquarie, sort of in between the Central Coast and Newcastle, majority of the time. I'm shit out on two wheels. Yeah, yeah. You just didn't like it at all. Oh, loved it. No yeah, good yeah. at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have this thing when I get in the air, no balance. <laughs> like I love water skiing and stuff. Yeah, wakeboarding. Yeah. Then you got to jump something. No good. Yeah, you're huge into into water sports, hey? Oh, probably not like Matt Dunsney or somebody like yeah. that. Like, but um, yeah, I love water skiing. Love water skiing. Learned how to barefoot a few years ago. Do you do it down Hawkesbury River? Is that no, so no? like Tugger Lakes? Okay, yeah, um, yeah. I do get to the Hawkesbury occasionally, but not yeah. not often. So yeah, um, yeah, love my water skiing and stuff like that. But the common denominator for me, it's the same as motorbikes, wakeboarding, and shit. Anytime I get in the air, no good, <laughs> no good. I like to keep firmly yeah. planted on the ground for me. But, how um, often do you get out and do the water uh, water skiing? Oh, before children a lot. <laughs> now it's like, mm, that's a lot of work. <laughs> nah, my daughter's two and my son's one. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to the next couple yeah. of years. Like they're starting to get old enough now. They're like, dad, let's go to the beach. Like, yes. Let's yeah. go to the beach. So I can't wait till they're sort of like four and five and it's like, all right, let's go learn how to ski or something or 
Yeah. Do you want them you know. in cars and bikes? I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be that dad that's yeah. like, you are going to race. Like, yeah. if you want to play netball or dance, yeah. whatever, like, I'm not going to stop but my kids from doing it. But you'll be keen for your daughter to but be But I'll in be it. secretly yeah. hoping they're doing what uh, I want to do. I said to Dan, we don't see enough of the girls down there at um, Sprint Car and that. So mm. it'll be interesting to see with, it, like, yourself and others having, like, daughters now. Yeah. And that. Will they see it and then get keen and I go hope through? So. Yeah. I hope so. I um, if, Did you watch a chili bowl? No, I was, gonna bring up, I was going to bring up the chili bowl. Speaking of women in yeah. motor racing, like um, I think they had the highest finishing female they've mm. ever had like in history there. So, um, Well, in, the, in this year's one, I yeah. missed all this year's no, one. No, so young girl, I think she's 16 years old. That Jade? Jade Avedisian. I follow yeah. her, yeah. She's yeah. crazy because that's what I was going to say. We don't see it in Australia, but I see these girls all in yeah. America, I said yeah. to Dan. Yeah. I'm like, damn it, they're not here to interview. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a, I think it's. Now, I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, but I think there's Taylor Reiner or Reiner, mm. um, Jade Avedisian, Kaylee Bryson. I'm, I'm, I'm probably missing two. There was so. McKenna Hass who came here too, doing yeah, Parramatta. Yeah, yep. Um, I showed I showed Brooke her injuries, by the way. She was like, holy shit, she got yeah. back out there and did it. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a pretty brutal story, that one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's. I do hope my daughter takes, a, takes an interest <laughs> in motorsports yeah. in one way or another, but... Probably cheaper if they didn't, but yeah. <laughs> I would still love to be at a racetrack every weekend, that's for sure. Yeah. And with, with the Chili Bowl stuff, didn't did you you did race yes. there? Didn't you? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, 2013. Was, 2013. Yeah. Well, what made did you just give up your sprint car season for that race or do like a no. partial schedule and no. then do- so yeah, we raced the actually so so I finished carts at sixteen, got straight into a wingless sprint car. Yep. So spoke to dad, where do you want to go to from here? We we tested Formula Fords. Um, oh, you tested? You yeah, actually tested yeah. like road racing stuff. Yes, I did a test at Wakefield Park with uh, Tim. With Tim Beal, yep. Anglo. Yeah, yep. okay. Yeah, Tim's a great guy. Yep. Um, did that, enjoyed it, um, but to be truthful, my father didn't like that. As a 16-year-old kid and I hopped in, my knees were kind of touching, the roll cage was there. Yeah. And he said, look, I, I don't like that if you – if you get T-boned, I'm, I'm worried you'll be trapped in the car. Yeah. So that was kind of one issue. Mm. And secondly, and again, probably shouldn't be saying these types of things, but you yeah. could run a sprint car for the same budget you could run a state Formula Ford on, basically. Yeah, right. oh. um, so Dad was like, <laughs> what would you like to do? I was like, sprint car. Um, and you guys get prize money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. We exactly. wished about the same things on these shows. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was like, all right, we're going to go the Speedway route, but Dad was like, there's and and Toby's probably okay with me saying this, but Dad yeah. watched people like Toby who were 16 jump straight from a go-kart in a sprint car and yeah. wreck a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, you know, people around my age, Blake Skipper, there's a lot of people that end up in sprint cars before me, but my dad was like, no, you will jump in a wingless sprint car. It's the same size car. You're sitting in the same chassis, same wheels and all that. You can get familiar with driving this car on this track, but with 200 horsepower instead of 800 or 900. Yeah. And then when I feel that you're not going to wreck half of our shit, then you can race a sprint car. So I think I was 16 in a wingless. I think I was 18 or 19 before I hopped into a sprint car. Yep. Um, but I did both for a little while, the wingless and the sprint car on the same night. Does the wingless teach you anything to when you go to a sprint car though? Or is it or is it just yeah. does it was it more so just the handling that you learn from a wingless? No, because they handle completely different. Okay. It's more the size of the car, like spatial awareness, I guess. It's like yeah. how big is this car? How much room do I need to leave when I'm passing people? Also just getting onto Parramatta as a track. Like what does it feel like to be on this track and and mm. And stuff like that, um, just being comfortable sitting in the containment seat, like obviously going from a go-kart with nothing around you to sitting in a 
yeah. cage did upright. You, with did a you ever have a go on a legend car, by the way, when they no. were racing it? Oh, no, that's I the, should that, have. That they was were, my only experience at that track. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. They looked like so much fun. Oh, like, cool little, Cool little class. <laughs> that held themselves really professionally too. Yeah. I feel like I should mention that. Like they always present themselves well, race well. Like Yeah. They cool. got off the track too when you guys had to go out. It was really, as you said, it yeah. was really well managed at the time for Mate, a support class. One of the best support classes around and actually produced really entertaining racing too. Yeah. Um, but back to your wingless stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, the wingless didn't teach you much handling. It yeah. really handled nothing like a sprint car, but spatial awareness is probably, and familiarity just with the car itself yeah. um, was probably the main difference. Um, so it did both of them the year I went to the Chili Bowl. Mm-hmm. So we raced up till January in the sprint car and the wingless. Um, tried to tried to get a few rides in a midget in Australia before yep. we went to the Chili Bowl because that would obviously be beneficial. That would serve me well. Yeah. Um, but truth be told, every person we asked what they wanted per race meeting was half of what we were going to spend at the whole Chili Bowl. Yeah, right. Like Chili Bowl rides are cheap. I shouldn't say that, but Chili yeah. Bowl rides are cheap. Wow. Um, like bang for buck, awesome. Yeah. Um, unless you're driving how, a Keith Coons Toyota, but. Yeah. <laughs> how do you search for like, because there's so many cars in, the, in that, mm. in that for, especially for that race, yeah. for an open seat. Do you know what I mean? Or do you uh, just ring up a team? Like, probably contacts. Yeah, so okay. Bill Roberts, a guy I mentioned earlier, super yeah. intelligent guy. Um, Alex Bowman has a team over there and yeah. he's basically trying to recruit for that type of stuff. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? So um, there must be heaps of teams over there that you can. Yeah. Do. I think what they had 360 cars this year. Holy oh, shit. Wow. Like you can find a ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Bill knew Bill goes to America yeah. every couple of months. Um, has a lot of contacts over there, rung us up and said, Hey, I want to do this race. Do you want to do it? It'd just be a cool experience. I think you'd do well. Um, I've got a guy who's willing to rent a car. I know it's a good car. I'm happy to come and crew for it if, you, if you'd if you pay for my flights and stuff. And we went, and dad just said to me once, do you want to drive a midget at the Chili Bowl? I was like, yeah, yeah let's go do it. Yeah. Like who the fuck wouldn't? Yeah. Um, had no experience, probably, you know, a bit, um, did it a bit blase, but we had so much fun. Like were, you forgetting- over, were you overwhelmed by like the crowd oh, though? Dude, yeah. Because that place is packed to the shit house yeah, when you watch in, it on TV. Like you hear about it and you're like, this is a big deal. Yeah. I didn't know about it until sort of a year or two prior. Yeah. And it's like, this is a big deal. And then you get there and like that building itself, just to drive to the building. Yeah. With the big thing at the front, the, the big The, the man, golden the, driller. The golden uh, driller, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. But the building itself, like you drive for a minute up the road and you're still driving past the same building. Wow, and you it's pull that it, big. It's huge, huge. Oh, holy you shit. can't fathom how big this place is. And then you get in there and you can't hear anything because there's these midgets just screaming like unlimited motor rules and stuff like that. Yeah. So when I went, the I think the only rule, there's like two rules. I know one of them was you weren't allowed to have traction control. Yep. I can't remember what the other one was. And it might have been something stupid like you have to have a roll cage. Yeah. But like there was a guy there driving a car and he had the old open-faced helmet with a goggles and a mask. Like old school? Old school. When you were racing there? Yeah, yeah. There was cars. And they got away with it? Yeah, it was allowed. Wow. Um, Tony Stewart was racing with no Hans device or anything. Oh, wow. Holy Um, shit. Then you have this car with a chassis. It had an exposed front axle. Yeah. So they saved weight by just cutting the chassis off before the front axle and mounting it. So this guy, like if he crashed into anything, the first thing that hit would be the front end and rip the front end out of the car. Yeah. I've heard stories of cars there that are so light, like, Pretty much a cruise, like don't crash, you might hurt yourself. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's like the wild west out there, man. But it's so cool, so yeah. cool, like atmosphere. Um, like they sell. So in Australia, if you buy a pit pass to any speedway, you're allowed in the pits or on the general admission. Like that's just a free ticket. Yeah, you it have gets to pay so a- packed there that yeah. they'll sell general admission. 
and pit passes, but your pit pass doesn't allow you into the general admission because there's not enough seats. Yeah, right. So when they run out of general admission, people are just selling, buying pit passes. So on the final night, we're pushing cars through the pits and you literally, it's like people are like water around a rock, just like a sea of people all sitting in the pits with lounge chairs and shit set up watching a big screen because they couldn't get tickets to the general admission. So they just bought pit passes and watched the racing from there and they're tanked. There's a bar set up there when we were there. Like people selling grog, there's people staggering around the pits, pissed. Holy shit. Best atmosphere. And how so old were, cool. How old were you then? Uh, uh, um, like 16, 17? No, nah, probably 19. 19. Yeah, probably 19, I think. Yeah. Um, and were you saying to your parents, like, oh, you know, like your crew, they're like, holy fuck, is this normal? And they're, they're <laughs> yeah, going, and they're yeah, like, they're yeah, like, this, yeah, this is it. And like, open your mouth. See what, yeah. like, people will flock to you and like, just open your mouth as an Australian. People, ah, oh, sick. There's an Australian, and just want to come have a chat. It's so much fun. Like people are just so friendly there. Is it? Is um, it? Is it mainly like Americans, Canadians, and Australians, or is it British guys? Or any? Is there? Any, I think like, there's a guy. Oh, what's his name? The names slipped my mind, but there there was a British guy there. Yeah. Um, because it's rare that you see them. Yeah, racing plenty of Kiwis the, racing midgets too. Yeah. Um, obviously Michael Pickens is one of the best to do it. Yeah. But um, yeah, like, and we got there and. It's an older crew of guys and they're really old school yanks and, and, but they were the friendliest guys. But I got there and one of them goes, I've got a girl for you to meet. Yeah. I'm like, you're taking a piss. He's like, no, no, no. She's beautiful. I was like, okay, sure. We'll get to that later. So no, no, she's beautiful. She used to live next door to an Australian guy. Had a, That was her first love. She loves Aussies, wants to meet you. Yeah. I was like, nah, we're not doing that. I thought this is a classic cruise, like days of thunder shit. Yeah. This cruise going to hook me up with some, some like Nicole bit. Kidman thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this lady Holy a stripper? It's like, but, but sure enough, like I think um, I got fitted for my seat and stuff like that. And yeah. we went on that night. So they were out there racing and his, his name was John, this old fella, gray, gray, long ponytail. Like he's an old school hippie, yeah, awesome, yeah. but kindest dude you'll ever meet. And um, grabs me up by the arm. It's like, let's go. We're going to meet Carly. I was yeah. like, okay. Um, Sitting there thinking, like, what have I got myself into? What are they going to show up with? Is there going to be a bunch of people laughing at me? Yeah. Takes me to the promo girls, like the Hooters girls. Yeah. One of the most beautiful blonde women I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like, here she is. I'm like, uh, hi. <laughs> She's shit. like, I've been waiting to meet you. I was like, oh, man, I've never been so nervous in my life. <laughs> Even driving a race car, I was like fucking stuttering. <laughs> so we had so much fun, though. Like, people were friendly. Yeah. Made a heap of friends I still keep in touch with, not often, but still keep in touch with from time to time and – yeah, what an experience. I'd do that again in a heartbeat. Actually, being competitive, I hate going to a racetrack and not racing, yeah. but that is one of the few places I could go and just spectate and have a lot of fun. Yeah, right. So you'd even good. go back there to st- just to spectate? Every day of the week. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, that's that's something else. It's one of the one of the Blue Ribbon events in Speedway altogether, I think, like forgetting midgets or sprint cars, just generally speaking, yeah. oval track racing, the Chili Bowl is it. And like the amount of NASCAR personalities there too. Like you're like a kid in a candy store. Like, oh, there's Kyle Bush. There's such yeah. and such. It's like this is insane. Like yeah. they all they and they and, and they, they love it. Like they yeah. all go there, whether they're spectating or racing, they go there. I remember Kyle Larson saying, you would remember this, saying that he wanted to prefer to win the chili bowl than the Daytona five hundred. Like yeah. he, he like yeah, he was and like, the fans got was... really upset with that. Like, yeah. fine, go back to spring cars. I think even NASCAR did a statement. They're like, no, no, we need to yeah. support grassroots racing. But um I think that's a testament to speedway whether it's midgets or sprint cars, it's exciting. Yeah. You know, yeah, okay, we turn left all the time, but 
Did, Let's did count you, how many times a sprint car race we make passes on people compared to a lot of other forms of motor racing. Like it's it's brutal. Yeah. Have you learned any like does the Americans when they come here to like Parramatta or you know what I mean or even Eastern Creek for example do they come here and do they actually like are they friendly and give you guys advice or whatever or do they or do they just kind of stick to themselves and they're like within reason like they're all they, friend, they're all friendly. Do and they get the shit stung? Go oh yeah you you know you you hit me through this. Do they nah. get no? Nah, they're not aggressive at all. Oh they race more aggressively. Yeah but they probably handle their shit better. Like if they're professional, they, they race every day of the week. They know that sometimes shit happens. Um, yep. I've never had a yank pissed off with me. Okay. Um, they've only ever been friendly. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you learn a bit from them. Like they probably race more aggressively, but they managed to manage to do it cleanly too. Like yep. I, there's two people that have raced me. Actually, no, sorry. The most aggressive person I've ever driven against was Lockie McHugh. Okay. And he was a go-karter too back in the yeah. day. Yeah. But, he raced me cleanly. Like, and it was actually at the classic last year. Okay. Um, started the first heat race. I think he started on pole. I started out of fourth. Mm. We had two, two starts where guys crashed and they were both in front of me. So I ended up moving up the row and starting on the outside of him in the heat race. And we went and I remember getting probably what felt like an inch off the wall. Mm. And I'm just looking beside me, watching his right rear coming at me. I'm thinking, fuck, I'm going to crash here. Like, <laughs> he's going to wipe me out. Cause <laughs> you know, the classic for us is our chili bowl, I guess. Yeah. Like, and that's that's our biggest car counts. Like what I think 118. Yeah. At, at, at is, is that the biggest one ever? No, they did break 121 year. I okay. can't remember what year it was. Yeah. Um, but that's our chili bowl. So it's elbows out, there's aggression, there's yeah, you know, no apologies for shit. We go mm. out there to win and that's it. So he raced me in, in a way that I thought he's gonna wreck me. Yeah. But he must have pulled it up perfectly like he raced me so aggressively but so cleanly like one inch i reckon he pulled up an inch off my left rear and i was an inch off the fence like gave me just enough room to yeah puck in my butthole and not crash <laughs> and then we raced on like i same thing once at toowoomba like uh, yeah i enjoy racing against Lockie. it shows me sort of how you can race extremely aggressively and hard and yeah. still not crash now after what's happened at archerfield last week yeah did you see that between Oh, no. Lockie and Macedo. I heard about it. I didn't yeah, see it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of fans that would probably <laughs> argue with me whether he's a clean driver or not. The hard part for me now with with doing this podcast is it's hard for me to keep up with all the races yeah. live while oh, <laughs> yeah. doing the yeah, that, was, that was interesting, Archerfield. Yeah, so you can tell me about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll do it diplomatically because yeah. I get along well with Carson and, and Sean Dyson. I get along yeah. well with Nick Speed and Lockie McHugh too, so I'll be the diplomat. But, yeah, um, yeah there was a slider thrown yeah. by Carson that, um, they both had contact and took each other out and there was a bit of a punch on in the pits or a lot of a punch yeah. on in the pits, yeah. Crew and Chiefs, Leicester. Kind of reminds me of the Tony Stewart days yeah, and the Tony yeah. and Parramatta. Oh, and there's always a mixed um, mixed responses to that. Like mm. do you want to promote yourself as a family-friendly atmosphere where you don't fight? Like that's bad, let's not do that. Yeah. Or do you promote it for people who like the, exc- the excitement, like let them fight, let them, yeah. let them show their emotions, you know, do we – are we too robotic these days as far as, you know, even football players or, or yeah. Well, NASCAR's changed. Car do you know what I mean? Like NASCAR mm. in 2006 to 2010, they had a lot more of like the, you know, the WWE yeah, style type of yeah. thing in the pits. Yeah. I don't know. I'd probably fall somewhere in the middle of that. Like 
Yeah. Hard, I guess it's hard because the problem is with so much social media now, mm. you know how we, when you're in it, like it's like I do fight sports, we're talking about people doing it here, but you know a lot of the kids see stuff now on <coughs> TikTok and stuff yeah, and then absolutely. think I want to take that to the streets, but it's not, they don't mm. understand why or what happened. Yeah, and exactly. yeah, someone might be pissed off and it might look like they're punching on, but they're not necessarily going in to kill the person. Yeah, exactly. Whereas then they take it too far on the street and next thing yeah, you're hearing a there's a king mindset. hit or something. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's, we're in a different world now yeah. to where we were. Yeah, I would hate to be trying to promote a sport like that. Yeah, because how far? How do you walk that line of? I know are our drivers boring now because they Mm. don't say the wrong thing? They get up there, they thank their sponsors, they kiss everybody's ass. Yeah, good boy, well done. (laughs) Or do you let somebody be? Themselves. A character or a personality, <laughs> they might go on a uh, bunch, but beat the shit out of that so guy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you find that balance as a promoter or as a sport to go? We don't want to be robotic, but we also don't want to be yeah NASCAR where you're like a bunch of rednecks punching. You on. also want to sell seats, basically. Yeah, like, so, if you could get Warnable everywhere at every speedway track, this this the actual it would be a professional sport. There yeah. would not be any sort of semi-professional sort of sport there. Sprint cars would be like a V8 supercar. I think, thing. I think sprint cars do have that because honestly, I, yeah, because I don't want to watch cricket in the off season, right? No. I want to watch it on mainstream TV, which is what WA is doing, which is what yeah. Toby pointed out. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's yeah. so much potential with sprint cars and speedway yeah, right now. Yeah, that's like between, yeah, my, I've only been thinking about it the last 12 months, probably since Eastern Creek opened. I was like, I would love to promote a race meeting once. Hmm like an annual race meeting just a once off. Cause I'd still rather race. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I, I agree. I think there's a heap of potential in sprint cars. I think it's very dependent on the track that they're given mm. as to how good that product is, how good the racing is. Um, there's a lot of factors there, but I think done properly speedway could be, or sprint cars in particular could be much bigger than it is, Yeah, which is a shame. Um, I think it's like we saw in WA, they, you know how they're filming it on Channel 7 yeah. and bringing it, we're saying mm. online, we're, we're not seeing it. That's what I said to Dan, we don't see it here in our states on no, TV. absolutely no. not. Uh, absolutely I think, not. I know that Stu was saying it's because they can't promote crashes and stuff, but I don't get that when we've got like UFC and things like that. Yeah. That's yeah. what I know. So that, supercars on yes, TV. And they explain crash to me that. Yes, yeah, see, there's so many things when there's I was so sitting there thinking yeah. about it and I was like, I don't understand this. Of course you don't have that in the in the ad, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I was like, but then I'm like, I don't understand why we can't air this. We're yeah. airing way like dang, more dangerous stuff. Yeah, like we 100%. just like the UFC. There was one championship last week. We yeah. watched Mikey just crush that guy's knee in twenty different ways yeah. for like yeah. four minutes, <laughs> yeah. and that's okay. It's like, but that's all right. But God don't forbid we put on sprint cars. So I'm yeah. a little bit lost with how yeah. this all works. Yeah. Chariots of Thunder up in Darwin do an awesome job too. Yeah. I don't know if you've watched much of that, but they get on Seven Mate as yeah. well. Um, they're getting into all the government grants to help make sure that the show the the that sort of period up there is funded well so they can put on a great show and the track is prepared well. So there's a lot of pieces to that puzzle. Um, but when it's done properly, I think it's a great show. Mm. Yeah. Um, and Warnable proves that time and time again. I know they've had troubles with their track this season, but again, when it's done right, there's no better show. They should 100%, by the way, in my opinion, televise that event, by the way, every year. Warnable yeah. class, like on Channel 7. Because- that one baffles me. And yeah. I don't know how much TV costs and all that, so I'm not going to sit here and – yeah. Upset the people behind the scenes that are going, well, that's bullshit. We can't do it because of this, this, well, and this. Well, Motorsport Australia is involved now, so they could potentially help that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's heaps yeah. of avenues there that could. I think that would be a great, I'm hoping that becomes a great partnership and that helps Excel Speedway. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we have it in in parts, you know, like the Chariots of Thunder up in Darwin, it's, it's televised, it's promoted really well. 
you know, they do uh, the motorcade down the main street, down Mitchell Street in Darwin, where they yeah. hook, you know, start all sprint cars up, hook them all onto, you know, straps and tow them down the street so yeah. the general public can see it and, yeah. and get a feel for it. Perth is doing brilliantly over there. Like, yeah. hats off to those guys. Warnable has a brilliant event. I feel like New South Wales is being left behind a bit and mm. I say that with all due respect to promoters and, and people behind the scenes trying. Yeah. But we're missing something. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of growth. So we said when we, you sit in the um, arena there at Eastern Creek, there's no sponsorship, for example, on anything. I said yeah. that to Dan, you look around, but you, next door we've got Eastern Creek where the supercars are, that <laughs> every single, you know, like around the track, the over, you've yeah. got all the sponsors yeah. usually, all, yeah. all the big screens up the top. And I said, we're just missing. I know that they've got a long way to go. There's all the stuff going on, but that's yeah. a huge growth area. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like I, I probably say everything, if there's any constructive criticism for Eastern Creek, I say that keeping in mind that, yes, they're, they're only new, they've got yeah. a lot of work to do and they probably haven't had the, the easiest run. So they're also shutting down that archer field. Yeah, that's got to be hard for yeah. them too. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and I'm, I'm in no way shitting on them. Yeah. But there's a long way to go with Eastern yeah. Creek and, and it probably will get there. I hope it does. What um, what I miss though is, but you would love it too because remember you guys, the ultimate – Ultimate Sprint Car Championship, you'd have photos of yourself on, yeah. all around the track. Yeah, That's, fa- famous to a couple yeah. of thousand people. Um. <laughs> Wade Auger and Stewie did like all the guys behind that. That mm. was, for me as a fan coming to the stadium, that was cool because yep. you know who you're watching. Do you yep. know what I mean? Now, so, yeah, that was probably the brainchild of, well, not the brainchild, but we had the promoter there at the time as Barry Waldron. Yep. He owns that East Coast Pipeline team with um, that Lockie McHugh drives for. Yeah, okay. So he owned Parramatta at the time. Mm. Um, and Robbie was driving for him at the And time. Robbie was driving for him. Yeah. So at that, in, in the space of a couple of years, he owned Murray Bridge Speedway in South Australia. He yep. owned Parramatta and he owned Toowoomba. He was the first promoter. And again, I'm, I'm probably never going to be allowed in at any other tracks anymore because I'm shitting, doing a lot of shitting on people. But <laughs> Barry was the first. So Spring Cars 20, 30 years ago used to roll up on open trailers Couple of tunes, a couple of tanks of fuel, a tire or two, and a couple of shocks. Yep. That was it. It was that was in the eighties, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even, probably even in the nineties. It was really yeah. grassroots racing. Yeah. In the space of 20, 30 years, we're now driving around in semi trailers. Teams kitted out like supercar teams. Like it's not unusual. Like our, our truck, personally, we have a semi trailer. It's forty eight feet long, maximum height. We we carry two two complete cars. With in the one par- trailer? Yeah, with all parts for a third car to assemble it if we wanted to hit the road and do World Series for argument's sake. Yep. We have a shock dyno, we have a kitchen, we have living quarters for drivers of the truck and stuff like that. Like the level that the teams have taken the sport to over the past 20 years and what we do isn't out of the ordinary. Mm. Like go to Eastern Creek on just a standard race night and you could have Sean Dyson there who's immaculate, mm. Mick Salad, like Mark Salad's team. Yeah. You know, the Corns. Um yeah. The amount of, you know, DTM Motorsports, Bohard Racing, which is a new one, the amount of teams there that apart from not having a B-double truck look like a supercar team driving down the road. Yeah. And for 20 years, the track's never changed. Yeah. It still looks like, you know, it was dug out of a paddock. But the teams are rolling up looking a million bucks, but the track doesn't. So yeah. Barry Waldron has always been my favourite promoter mm. purely for the fact that he arrived, bought tracks, brought them up to the standard that the teams had yeah. Picked themselves up to and all of a sudden did things like he hired actually a guy behind the behind the scenes, Steve May, mm-hmm. um, to take care of things like promoting Parramatta and creating the ultimate sprint car championship. And that was televised for its first year. 
Yeah. Um, I think it was a Fox, it was on Fox Sports. Yep. Um, but hanging all the banners up, I went in there countless times for um, voiceovers and, and photo shoots to hang your photo on the track. Where, and where that. was that? Where was that photo shoot with the car and that? I've always wondered because it's still oh, with mine up. personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was separate to the track. That was Wade yeah. Oranger just by himself came up to the coast. Yeah. And we found one of the local beaches and parked the car there and took photos and stuff. So that was completely separate, but all around that same period where Barry was happy to hire Wade, hire Stu McCarthy hire Steve May to take care of marketing and, and advertising and stuff. Yep. I think Gavin Skeen, who's um, the art of Speedway photography, yeah, who's he a weapon great. in his oh, own game. Yeah. Like, talk about the best of the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was doing work for them. So he assembled a team of guys that must have cost a bomb. Yeah. But that track was now brought up to the standard that the teams had been up to. You know? Yeah. So I love that about Barry. Yeah. Because as far as I'm concerned, the glory days of my racing in Speedway were under Barry's watch. Mm. Um, a lot of people didn't like how Parramatta ended. Um, under yep. his ownership, but what are you doing? It's a, bit, like, it's, it's a bit hard because at that point- How do you over, navigate that? Yeah. Like, you're you overrode by the government, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't- And we don't know what happened behind closed doors. Yeah. Like did they forcibly take it today or last month? Like, yeah. And people are going, well, we could be running a race meeting now. Like I don't know what negotiation happened behind closed doors and yep. I'm fortunate enough to have grown up in a business, mm. you know, a business owning family where it's like, what you, what everybody sees on the outside probably isn't what's happening behind yeah. closed doors. So I don't hold any grudges for not getting a farewell to Parramatta yeah. as such. As sad as that was, but yeah. like I said, what do you do? You're, you're in COVID times. The government's, you know, forcibly taking your track off you. Yeah. I don't know how you navigate See, that to keep everybody happy. I knew Parramatta was coming into an, to an end and so did you with the Scott Daly Challenge. When when that basically announced it was basically the last one, mm. I was like, this is a sad time. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, as, yeah. As, as, as a driver for yourself and a fan, you're mm. like, fuck, because that, that event purely was like our warnable classic. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that, and that had the same razzmatazz, I guess, as far as – yeah. Um, a New South Wales Speedway event, like, because it was a 50 grand to win. It was a memorial race, which was obviously very near and dear to a lot of people's hearts there. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought it was cool how the, the the winner of the first night had to choose number. They could opt, yeah, opt for the yeah, 19th yeah, yeah, spot, yeah. which yeah. is Scott's number. You need to promote stuff like yeah. that. Like, change it up a bit. Yeah. Um, like, the biggest thing I hate that Eastern Creek doesn't do right now yep. is, and you've probably saw it at Parramatta, the pole shuffle. Yeah. I hate watching a shootout where it's basically another time trial session, another qualifying session for the six or eight fastest guys. Yeah. Now, this is probably before your time, yeah. but if you watch pole shuffle videos where they'd get the guy that was in eighth spot, yep. put seventh beside him, yep. two laps, two cars, throw the kitchen sink at each other. It was actually a match race. Okay, the yep. winner moved on. Yeah. They'd verse six. Fifth. So the guy that was meant to start eighth Got could to, actually yeah. work his way up to first by yeah. match, match racing the other guys for two laps at a time. And because you knew there was no other drivers on the track, like yeah. that was like gloves off shit. Like yeah. the, people were throwing moves on each other that would not work in a race. <laughs> it would wreck everybody. But yeah. it was like, fuck it. It's me and him. Yeah. He knows I'm going to do this. So there was a bit of give and take. You could race I, I harder remember, in the pole shuffle than you could the rest of the night. I remember once, I think maybe for memory that you, I think you withdrew. Or th- I think you just couldn't give the shit about it. You were like, I don't want to. There was one night where one sprint car driver at Parramatta, mm. like, there was some controversy and one of them was like, I don't want to do the pole shot. And then one of the other, the pole shot. You're like, give me the damn pole shot. I think one of them, it might've been one of the Americans. He was like, I just can't be bothered because I'll just go for the the 19. I think it might've even been the Scott Daly challenge. One of the guys cracked the shits and then didn't decide to do one of the pole shuffle thing. And then, 
obviously one guy went through from the eighth or seventh yeah, yeah, to yeah. the next one, and then but he'd yep. already been rolling around the tracks. So he's warming up his tires, his engine, yeah, and that's what helps the guys starting yeah. from the back because yep. you, as you, you they're know already I mean? hot, yeah. yeah. But um, no, look, there was two pole shuffles for me. Yeah, you're yep. right. Yeah, that's cool. That's all good. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, so there's two pole shuffles for me that you may have been thinking of. Mm. I've never thrown the towel in in one, but I remember one, and I think it was Scott Daly or a 50 lapper, and Kerry Madsen was in the Canaric Racing. Yep. Uh, I'll know the American Racing Wheel car, whatever it was, the black and gray car. I remember it vividly. Yep. And I'd started the pole shuffle, I think in eight, something like that. I think the first car I versed was Grant Anderson. Mm. I think, by memory, don't hold me to it. I beat him, which yep. wasn't expected out of me. Next one is Stephen Lyons, beat him. Didn't expect that either. Yeah. And the next one is Kerry Madsen came out, and I think the general consensus of the crowd was, "Give it to Kerry, go do two practice laps, basically." Yeah. Because like, I think Wade. That was what I remember. I remember Wade saying over the microphone very clearly, "It's like careful, young fellow. If you're going to pull on Superman's cape, you better have a pocket full of kryptonite." <laughs> I was like, I remember watching it back on. Yeah. So I think. They went green and Kerry had like 50 metres on me by the time we got to turn one. Yeah. And by the time we did two laps, he had like the length of the straightaway. Yeah. So I was you like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll pretend like I didn't try, but I tried yeah. very hard. <laughs> I just got my ass wiped. And the only other time I did spectacular shit in the pole shuffle was there was one pretty recently towards the end of Parramatta where I was actually starting to get decent, I thought, yeah. um, where I pulled a monster wheel stand off mm. the start of the pole shuffle, like drag the tail tank halfway down the straight. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck that up. So, <laughs> but I still kept going. But yeah, yeah it's um, pole shuffles. Yeah, man. They're, they're very entertaining as far as I'm concerned in sprint car racing. They should be at every race meeting, every yeah. single one, yeah. every single one. The fact we don't do them at Eastern Creek is, is a problem. Yeah. So you want them back. And do you reckon oh, 100%. it? 100%. I'm pretty sure Wayne Baines, because Brooke and I went up there for one of the meetings. He <laughs> was, I think he was trying to make it squeeze and work for one of the – it's time consuming. That's yeah. the problem. So if you've already got a meeting not running well on time, mm. the first thing to go is, you know, their dashes or their shootout race. Um, and a pole sh- those, the top eight sort of races, whether you call them a shootout, a time trial, whatever the hell you call them, the pole shuffle in that format is the longest. It takes the longest to complete. Yep. So I don't think promoters like them for that reason. Mm. But that makes no sense to me because I think your crowd loves them. Yeah. And if you want to, you know. Can't they start – the, the event earlier also for supports to get that stuff in. Is there a way to time consume it or is it? Or is we it- keep coming back to a reason why I'd love to promote an event yeah. once a year, like an annual event because. Yeah. Any promoters listening here? <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. do it myself. Um, I really would because yeah. I I agree. Yeah. There's plenty of things we could be doing yeah. for that track and I, I, oh, for that, not that, just not that track, but Speedway in general. Mm. Yeah. There's no reason support categories can't start earlier. Mm. And we went to Dubbo last season and I was keen as because Dubbo, like, I feel like country people get behind motor racing more. Mm. Probably why Warnable is so successful. Yeah. You know, you're not in Melbourne, you're in Warnable. Yeah. And there's nothing out there, really. Bar a zoo. <laughs> I didn't say that. You said that. Um, <laughs> you're definitely did so not much say hate that. mail there, Dan. <laughs> I thought you edit that. <laughs> I'll leave that in. I'm looking forward in. to Make the sure comments, guys. You said it. Um, <laughs> no, but like, I feel like that's probably partially a way you could grow our sport is go to country towns. Yeah. And Toby, by the way, what Toby's doing is awesome too. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, much needed. Um, but when he came out to Dubbo when we raced there last, was it last season or season before? Last Whenever, season. Last season, yeah. yeah. So he made a really interesting statement that stuck with me. He goes, Dubbo's population is triple that of Warnable. Yeah, right. Did not know that. And Dubbo is a track 
is probably the closest shape to Parramatta oh. across the country. Yeah, I'm right. I'm going, why the fuck aren't we out here more? Mm. So issues there and I'm not going to, you know, tracks that don't have spring cars often probably need to have them more often to understand how you can refine that race meeting and make it run properly. Yeah. So spring cars destroy tracks yeah, in the okay. sense that we butcher them. Yeah. They end up smooth, but they end up from sticky and brown with lots of grip to glass slick where you're tearing tires off them. Yeah. So one of the major contri- contributors to that is heat and when you put a spring car on the track. Mm. So Dubbo had us out there. By memory, it was like 34 degrees. Yeah. So it's already hot. You're wetting the track to try and keep moisture in it. It's yeah. drying up as quick as you can wet it. And they had sprint cars on pretty much first. Like we're baking the track. We're qualifying in like 34 degree heat. Yeah. It's like that's a prime example of support categories should all be racing from three o'clock onwards. Yeah. Or pick a time. Whatever time you need as a promoter, have them racing. At the start. At the start. Yep. They do the least damage to the track and leave enough racing for the night so that sprint car drivers aren't just constantly racing. Like we need time in between races to change the cars, get ready and all that stuff. So- if it were me, I'd be running all the heat races for support categories before a sprint car even touches the track. I agree. Sprint cars go out and qualify. Then you may have a B main for a support category in between qualifying and heat races. Yep. Sprint cars do their heats, have a, an A main for a category in between the second round of heats, and then have your last A main um, for your support category before the B main of a sprint car. Yep. And then the last two events of, a, of the night should be a sprint car B main straight into a sprint car A main. Yep. And that for a multitude of reasons would be better in my opinion um, because, like I said, preserving the track for longer while it's hot, you're not destroying the track with sprint cars. Um, they tend to run better on time support categories, like a lot of them are self-starting. You know, if they spin out, they start themselves up and go again, Yeah, stuff like that. So I'm a big believer in that, like what you said, we should be starting earlier, support categories on first. A sprint car shouldn't hit the track till 6 o'clock at night and then sprint car should be the last event. There's nothing worse than seeing a sprint car event finish. Yeah. Going, oh, now we have the wingless sprint, eh, mate? And I love wingless sprints, but the crowd fucking empties. Yeah. And nobody's watching the wingless sprints. Like they lose half of their crowd, half, yeah. of it, half of an opportunity to showcase sponsors and showcase their product because they do some brilliant racing. Mm. And if you're a sprint car guy trying to sell merchandise in the pits after the race meeting, if the family with young kids has gone, fuck it, the sprint car race is done, we're going home. Mm. You don't get anybody through the pits. There's no atmosphere after the race meeting where kids are running around getting your signature and like getting your autograph or trying to buy merchandise and stuff. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, that happened last time when we were at Eastern Creek. They mm. did that. It was the support classes finishing and we said, well, we're going to have to go now because of the way that timing everything ended. Yeah. As, even as a thing, you didn't mean it, but it was just like, well – it's mm. late now and then we're yeah. not going to be able to get down. And you got Dan was like, I think the sprint car guys are going to be packed up. I don't think yeah, I'm going to be able yeah, to talk to anyone. Yeah, and, 100%. And it just became, yeah, weird. So that's so, a, it, everything you said makes sense. So it makes me wonder why they don't Oh, uh, do look, this. I'm in a, I'll probably get crucified for it, but there's probably reasons behind yeah. that. So I know there's time curfews. Yeah. Sprint cars being the loudest category that you can oh, get. Oh, okay. I do yep. believe there's noise and yep, okay. noise restrictions. So potentially you can run – a wingless sprint or a street stocker race after the curfew. Yeah. Maybe. That's one of the reasons that I've heard. Even at Eastern okay. Creek. Yeah, there's no yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Which is strange with the drag strip next door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, so and you know, look, if that is a problem where you're breaking curfews, so you've got to put the sprint cars on first and have the support categories run afterwards. More to the point, start earlier. Yeah. yeah. Just reshuffle. 
yeah. start earlier or put all the support categories first so you know the sprint cars are going to be the last thing on the track. If the crowd so pleases to go down and buy merchandise and get autographs and stuff, they can do that. Yeah. Um, so. Have you had merchandise or not really? No, in the process. Okay. Um, so, oh, so you actually are making some now. Yeah, got yeah. Roddy Bowen designing some shirts and stuff and some yeah. hats and flags and all that. So, yeah. And he's got some artistic flair, that guy. I, know. I like Roddy's oh, shit. Because Dan will be one of the first people to buy it. <laughs> he owns all spring car stuff. Like he's even wearing like SVG's yeah. new one. Yeah. How but, good is it to see people like that in spring cars? Oh, yeah. you, I was going to ask you, how do you find it now having a supercar guy? Because he's in New Zealand now, like sort of like learning mm. and on the track there. But yeah. if he was to come over here and race, are you guys all excited to see him yeah, in there? Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's no like us versus them. Yeah. yeah. No, we're spring car guys. Like, fuck that. You come race my shit, I'd like to race your shit. But yeah. um, that's only good for a sport, isn't yeah. it? Like yeah. having – Cameron Waters takes his operation very seriously, Yeah, racing. Yeah, and I think that's a testament to spring cars as well. Mm. He could race supercars and be a happy dude. The fact he wants to do this means that there's something cool here. Yeah. Like yeah. There's something that is drawing the drivers to us. Yeah. Because I raced against Brody Kostecki. I think it was Brody mm. in Toowoomba last yeah, season. Yeah, that's right. He, um, so he did Bruce a car. Yes, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. John Weatherall owned car, um, boost yeah. back. So, you know, one of the Kostecki boys has done it, SVG, um, Cam. Yeah. I think that says a lot about what we do in the sense that, all right, clearly we don't promote ourselves that well. Yeah. But we have a good product here. It's exciting, whether it's for drivers or fans, it's an exciting product. So, I think um, it definitely is because they're showing what SVG's been like, sort of like sharing his journey like yeah. starting and he's showing how hard it is like yeah. and i think that's mm. what's so cool what people are going to realize like yes he's amazing in tar yeah but he's in the this race and going oh shit this is hard yeah like, this yeah. is a new challenge for me mm-hmm. and he's done rally everything yeah but i think it just goes to show for you guys and everyone else on the track what you're doing is so competitive and awesome out there and to have yeah. someone that that level go oh shit like yeah, <laughs> yeah. like i watched one of his insta mm. reels and it was like i, I haven't been scared to yeah. race car for a long time i was like Good. Like, I'm so glad that he's not <laughs> putting on this bullshit like he doesn't yeah. give a shit or anything. Yeah, like yeah. He's, you can he's, tell he's going to come back, though, because the way he said that, he's like, oh, yeah. I haven't had this much excitement in ages. Yeah, 100%. But he's, he's paying it the respect it deserves. Yeah. 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 Like, this machine makes me a little nervous. That's yeah. great. That's great. I'd rather that than him going, oh, fuck it, it's just a sprinkler. Yeah. Well, we like, had little Tommy Sargent on and he was like, because he's headed to the States for Porsche, and we said, would you do it? And he goes, I am so scared of it. I am so scared. <laughs> he goes, I've raced all the other stuff. And he yeah. goes, but I am scared shitless yeah. Nathan Hearn who races it he's yeah. like the first time they put me in there I think it was Marcus yeah, Ambrose yeah. and that he's like they're just like I came back in he's I think his quote was like my eyes were like dinner, dinner plates. plates and I was yeah. freaking out yeah. and they're going to be go again go again and I'm like holy shit everyone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah how did you find that though when you first were a rookie in sprint cars like was it like that what Hearn said like yeah gotta get back out again you're like holy shit I'm literally just trying to take this in yeah so and like uh, Without bragging, like I ran a wingless sprint and mm. I think we won like four A-mains in our yeah. first year, a couple in our second year. Like we won a state title in New South Wales. The next year was winning it, spun out on a lap car, went for last and came third. Yeah. Like we did really well in that. I felt so prepared. Yeah. You can't yeah. be better, better prepared for a sprint car than what I've done. Yeah. And I remember the first heat race going like, fuck, I just fucked up turn one and two. And by the time I'd thought, I've fucked up turn one and two. I was in three and four. So I'm like, oh, shit. Like, now I'm about to, I've driven off the end of one end of the track. Yeah. Now I'm about to drive off the other end of the track. So I'm still thinking about what I did at that end of the track. Like yeah. there is, when people say like your head was spinning, like genuinely when you're doing 12 seconds yeah. a lap around right. Parramatta, 
it is hands full. My head was at one end of the track and it's like, by the time you get the hang of it in a heat race, it's like, oh, check it flag. And like, I think, what was the record for a heat race around Parramatta? Like 12 seconds or? No, a heat race, heat like race. a 10 lap heat race. I think it may have been like a minute 45 or yeah. two. Let's oh, say okay. two like minutes for the race sake. itself. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, qualifying was like 11.5 second lap. Yeah. Um, but let's say for the sake of the argument, a two minute heat race. Yeah. You've done 10 laps in 12, in two minutes. Yeah. I couldn't work that shit out. Like it took a long time. It's like, <laughs> holy shit. And what I do now, I do two, like one minute lap, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy like, for so, a big circuit racer from like myself yeah, to so you. you. Yeah. So if you do a one minute lap and we've done 10 laps in a minute 45 or two minutes, it's like, yeah, there's a lot happening there. Yeah. And there's 10 other guys in a heat race that are all chopping and changing too. Like, yeah, there's- you know, and you probably get that from everybody that anytime you ask somebody on an interview, what's yeah. it like to drive a sprint car? They pump it up, but I truly don't think there's anything like it. Like yeah. there's no bullshit there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one thing having 24 guys going to a corner on black track, but yeah. now point them all sideways and have them sliding across the track and shit. And- I, I've got to ask my only experience in sprint cars is that world of outlaws game. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to ask from my point of view, because on the world of outlaws game, I've experienced it is, is the most, terrifying thing passing lap cars during the race no the most terrifying for me personally yeah the most terrifying part is the start of the name main yeah okay not if you start in pole not if you start in last yeah you start about what 24 cars you're starting 10th or 12th yeah in an a main right in the middle of the oh, park oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> you got to turn my like this is gonna be bad because <laughs> yeah. there's just shit happening everywhere like yeah wall here wall there three or four guys going at it and yeah you know, do you expect to be a bit touched in the first corner? Like, do you try not Parramatta, to be, right? Parramatta, because there was a lot of mid pack crap going on, man. In the A mains, then you never expected or never aimed for it because yeah. it doesn't end well. Which obviously, you guys would know, like touching yeah. wheels in an open wheel car usually ends in a wreck. So, yeah, you never aim to. Does it happen often? Yeah, but you never aim to, never yeah. hope to have anybody touching you up like that because, yeah, yeah, I. No, I'd rather not. Yeah. With, with I'd Peter, rather not start 12th in an A-Main anyway, yeah. but yeah. But with, yeah. with Peter O'Neill, your teammate, as you said at the start of the podcast, because he's just like a customer driver type of thing and yep. a good friend, does he like learn from your your data in a way? Or yeah, like absolutely. Your, he does. So absolutely. he comes on and he actually takes a bit yep. of your learning yep. experiences. We'll have all my shocks on the dyno going like, this is what I'm running. Like, do you want to run that for you? And we'll usually my base setup will be his base setup. Yeah. Um, it's very driver dependent too. That's with all, all forms of motor racing. Like you can have two identical cars with teammates, but one guy likes it, you know, a bit freer in the arse and the other guy likes it a bit tighter or whatever. So um, he learns a lot from us. I like to think he learns a lot from us um, yep. as far as setup and driving tips too. Like sprint cars is different. If you've raced anything road racing and, you know, your, your first instinct is to get to the corner and stop. Mm. And if you do that in a sprint car, all it does is want to get over the right front and tip over. You know, there's a lot of driving technique that has to be thrown out and relearned. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like to think we help him with driving yep. a bit. Um, he's a good driver in his, in his own right anyway. Yeah. Um, but did there's he, little tips did, and pointers there. Did he yeah. just approach you at, at a random meeting and come up to you and say, is there any chance of me driving a sprint car or did or, th- or did you just set, randomly work it out in yeah, some sort of no, way? Yeah, no, I think – so back to the fairies, the family. Yep. Yeah. I think he was good friends with them or he knew them. Yep. Um. They had known that he, I think he'd bought his own sprint car engine. Yep. Um, raced a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, was looking for a different team. So he owns his engine. That's, that's okay. Part of that so deal. he owns his engine. Okay. Yeah. And we yeah. own the car and, and obviously service it, maintain it, get it to the train, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, they just put us onto him and said, look, he's looking for a ride. Would you be interested? And yeah, it all just, all just started from there. Yeah. Did you, does any of the karting stuff in any way, racing go-karts like Jays or Clubman or whatever you've done that Rotax and stuff, is there any version of the go-kart that helped you with sprint cars or not really? With except none, none of the, that stuff. So not in the slightest. So all that stuff out the window, you start from not scratch. out the window. Like there's obviously race, like go cars teaches you race craft. Yeah, plain and simple. Like yeah, you know when I say like starting in the middle of an A main at Parramatta is probably like getting in junior clubman at a state yeah. title and starting in twentieth out of forty carts. Like so, no, I shouldn't say nothing. That's that's not the right thing to say. Mm. Race craft is everything in go karts. Like that's invaluable mm. what you learn there. But as far as Handling, speed, anything like that? No, it's not even close. Not what would you close. say? Like the closest thing to train at would be to sprint car. The wingless sprint car okay. it has to be. So yep. yeah, the wingless sprint is just a sprint car with the yep. wings removed. Yep. Take the V eight out, put a V six in. But there's no other sport you'd say if someone was coming from bikes or something that would have them. A lot of guys that run motocross. Yep. are yeah. very good. Like okay, Matt Dunsney, yeah. he likes his bikes. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And he picked up. I mean, it's in his blood. But yeah. He picked up sprint car racing pretty damn quick too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe motocross. Um, mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's about it. I don't really know any yeah. like. Find me a car in the world that turns left when you turn left, like lays <laughs> left when you turn left. Like, yeah, that's the most head fucking thing when you drive a sprint car is you got to turn left and instead of the car falling to the right, it wants to dive on the left. Like it's just, it's just boggling for a while. Yeah. What's, and then it all clicks. What's your take on, um, obviously uh, now the Americans have gotten to Australia finally. Yeah. That <laughs> looked like it wasn't happening yeah. for a while. <laughs> a bit nerve wracking. What's, what's your take on obviously the word of outlaws rules? Cause Brooke and I were reading this the other day. Yeah. Apparently it's like a, what is it Brooke? Three, three races or something. No, it's Some- so the, uh, you might know this as well, Alex, because mm. I was reading what their rules are from December. They announced in the States cause they, you know, they're all under contract, yes. really tight yep. agreements. Yep. And it said that they had four non world of outlaw events. They're allowed to do in 2023 without restrictions and that meant mm. as long as they're outside the 48 hours or 100-mile radius before or after a World of Outlaws event. Yeah. They then can do, what was it, five to eight events, but you're not portion. eligible about, yeah, for the, what was it, the exclusivity bonus program. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was looking at, part of that prize What a way pool. to wrap that shit up, eh? Hey? Yeah. <laughs> then, then that's why we weren't sure because when we were, yeah. the, you know, everyone was they had wild things about why they couldn't and couldn't come. I was like, is this because there's just so much politics over there where they are with World of Outlaws contracts or is or it Or is that a Speedway it? Australia thing? No, nothing to do with Speedway Australia. They're completely yeah. separate in America. But um, that would be, in my opinion, purely and simply Kyle Larson's influence. Really? So have you heard oh. of the series he started? Yeah. 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 High limit. High limit. High yeah. limit racing. I think it's like $20,000 to win or something like that pretty yeah. much every yeah. night, which is better paying money than most sprint. Like sprint cars in America have crown jewel races. Mm. So in Pennsylvania, you've got, I think, two or three races at a $50,000 plus to win. Um, then you've got Eldora has multiple fifty dollars to $150,000 to win races. Um, they're running a million dollar to win race next season yep. at Eldora. Um, that's Tony Stewart still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, then you got the Knoxville nationals, which is 150 grand yank to win. Yeah. Um, so basically apart from that though, you're running for like Australia between two and $5,000 a night for a win. Yeah. And this is a world of outlaws race, right? Yeah. World of yeah, outlaws okay. stuff. Um, from what I, 
Again, don't hold me to it. Yeah, I'm not the guy right. signing contracts. This is I just a podcast. Exactly. This is yeah. not. This oh, is not national. You don't want to be that guy with yeah. his comments under a gun. This dickhead doesn't know. Yeah, what he's I know. Talking that's about. what I say to Dan when we do different stuff. I'm like, people will be like, shit, yeah. you didn't don't, know that, and you just like, you get worried, but then at the yeah. same time, you're trying to, yeah, yeah. everyone's oh, fuck wondering. It. If you want to talk yeah. about it, I'll yeah, yeah. I'll, that's why I talk about it. I make no bones about it. I'm no expert at anything. But there's so many races in the world of outlaws, which makes sense. So, which is why that that prize money's there. But Kyle Larson is fitting in his racing series amongst that, like a chain. Like a chain on effect. Yeah, basically. he also boycotted the Chili Bowl this year, him and Christopher Bell. Uh, yeah, right. Because oh. it only pays 10 grand to win the Chili Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, right. Now, if you're a promoter, you've got 360 cars paying an entry fee, you packing out a crowd of 10,000 people a night. You can't tell me you're not making enough money. Like yeah. it's paid 10 grand for, let's say, 10 years for argument's sake. Yeah. 10 years ago, they got 280 cars to an event. Now they're getting 360 and they haven't upped the prize money. Yeah. So this is what Kyle Larson's exposing. I'm going to bugger you. Yeah. If you're not going to pay us what we think we're entitled, because again, the costs for the teams have gone up. The promoters seem to be making more money, but they're not sharing it yeah. with the drivers. Like they're not earning their fair share. So basically he went, I'll start my own, um, start my own series. Yep. Um, when the world of outlaws went, ah, it clashes. So our guys can't do it anyway. I went fine. We'll slot the dates in so they can do it. Yeah. Kind of forcing the world of outlaws organization's hand to go, well, shit. Are we going to be that organization that stops our guys potentially earning another $20,000 a night? And logistically, they can do it. Yeah. The only reason we would stop them is because we're a bunch of assholes yeah. trying to wrap them up in one series. And yes, yeah, so I think he kind of forced their hand. Yeah. And hence now, okay, you can do four meetings provided they're not within the radius or the time. But that's what we said. The guys that came here, like Dan said, they're in three events. Basically, is in that three, three of your four? I said to Dan straight yeah. away. So does that only leave you with one of Kyle Larson's events in the states for the year? And then yeah. you, uh, if you do oh, more, are you meaning like the Australian stuff? Yeah, yeah. no, doesn't. I don't. I don't believe it's. So um, that doesn't count. No, okay. because they're not contracted for their year yet. They yeah, haven't started their right. season. They don't start till February, I think. In oh, so Florida. it's not void. It's not. It's so no. It's I don't think the Australian. That. No, I don't think the Australian. Ah. So their season before they arrive here yeah, yeah. done and dusted the world of outlaws is done they've all been paid their annual yeah. prize money they've yeah. had their presentation night done they don't start up again till february yeah oh, what okay. they do in between then don't give a shit and they've got a contract again because it, it's, it's more of a loopholes in and so on yeah there's 20 drivers that are contracted officially for the world of outlaws and then that's how uh, it goes on it, it just goes on and on I this rule book yeah i don't know and i think the complaints from a lot of people is that the outlaws mm. in its humble beginnings was a bunch of guys who didn't want to conform to this series or that series. Yeah. So they went, fuck it, we'll get together and go race here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. And that's how the World of Outlaws was born. Yeah. Generally speaking. So how do you have uh, an organization that's called World of Outlaws? Yeah. But you're in fact outlawing them from running an outlaw Outlaws. schedule. Yeah. Like the whole wow. idea of the outlaw schedule is that they did whatever the hell they wanted. They raced here, there, and everywhere. They just chased big money mm. all the time. Yeah. So if you were going to take the very essence of what your organization is or how it began and kill them earning good prize money purely because you want to wrap everything up in your own mm. um, little package, then that's that's yeah. not on. I saw Marcus Stumsey, you would have seen too. He did he did the high limit race as well when he was over there as well. Yeah. I, think he, I think he did the first one for yeah. memory. Yeah. Yeah. I um I didn't get to watch much of the American stuff this year actually. Only, you know, there's one thing the outlaws do well is that you can always catch a highlights reel of the A main 24 hours later or not even. I think it's like yeah, six or eight yeah. hours later. So On YouTube or something. Yeah, so yeah. that's basically about the extent of me keeping up with American stuff or yeah. maybe reading about it on Facebook. But um, 
I want to do America soon. Like, you do. So you yeah. haven't you haven't gone over there already yet. So I've done well, the only, bowl, only for the Chili Bowl, yeah. Which you know different. Different. Um, but yeah, I would love to do like I think in the space of six or eight weeks, you can do some ridiculous amount of racing. Yeah. So I think you can do Ohio Speed Week, which they race eight nights out of nine. Mm-hmm. Um, at a different track every night, yep. which is brutal. And I think they have a two-week break or a week break, a short break, put it that way. Yep. And they go to Pennsylvania and do a speed week there. Same thing. I think it's eight nights in eight nights of racing over nine nights. And I think if you pissed off for three weeks or a month, mm-hmm. then you go back over, you pick up what the outlaws called is a month of money. Yeah. And right. they do like a track called the Ironman 55, which is probably one of the best tracks in the world for Speedway. Yep. Um, they do a 55 lap race there for stupid amounts of money. And basically that whole month leading up to the Knoxville nationals, mm-hmm. they're all big money race meetings. Yeah. So I think over the space of, let's say two months for argument's sake, you could do like probably 27 nights of racing or 30 nights, oh, wow. basically race every second night for yeah. two months. Um, so as an Australian, if you can just slot in there for a week or two. Yeah. Would you be, would, I can almost do our seasons of racing mm. in one month over there. Would you give up like a seasons of racing here to do that though? In, in, in a season, Probably would you might. take your family over there in that? Or do you think it's, well, this is where logistically it gets hard. Yeah. You know, this is why, you know, Marcus doesn't have kids. He's not yeah. married, you know, same as Lockie McHugh and all those guys that do it. Like, um, logistically it gets harder when you've got a big family and you've got kids and a wife. Like I can't, mm. I can't bail on my, on my kids and wife for a month. Yeah. So yes, they would have to come. Um, so yeah, it's something that my father's always threatened to do it too. Yeah. Because anytime spring cars in Australia gets political or it gets expensive, like our tires, I think have gone up ridiculous amounts of money in they, the past they, twelve months. Yeah, they can't get enough tires in here. Exactly. So the price has gone through the roof. Yeah. Um. So he said he's like, I can afford to do it, and I'm very fortunate to be able to do that. Mm. But out of principle, if it gets to a certain point, I won't do it. Mm. I'll sell everything here, send two cars over to America. And we'll go and race for one month a year over there. Yep. Because I'll do the same amount of racing instead of. Yeah. And he's done, he's said that for years, ever since I can remember. Yeah. He's like, why do we spend six months trying to do 20 20 race meetings here Mm. when I can go to America and do 20 in one month and come back here and go water skiing through summer? (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know. So that's something that I think we'd all love to do as a family. Yeah. Um, Just got to get the timing right, you know. Um, How'd you meet your wife, by the way? Uh, my little cousin's 18th birthday. Okay. And I was like creepy older cousin. <laughs> no, I was, I was 20. She was yeah. 18. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, she went to school with my cousin. Okay. Had her 18th birthday and yeah, just met there. Yeah. And just hit, hit it, it off, off from the get go. Yeah. I was right. a cheeky bastard and she seemed to enjoy that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, she had no motor racing background or anything. Um, yeah. So I had to introduce her to it as well. Yeah. So. I wouldn't say she lives and breathes it like I do, but she likes it. So that's good enough. Yeah. She's, <laughs> like, I remember saying to her, and this is without word of a lie, I was like, look, I don't want to be an asshole, but I've raced something every year of my life since I was four years old. Like this is my hobby. This is my sport. This is my passion. This is all that shit wrapped up in one. So I will never quit racing. Yep. While I'm able to do it, I will never stop. So I don't expect you to love it. Like you don't have to love it. Mm. I don't care if you hate it but just please don't ever stop me from doing it. You know, yeah. don't ever be that wife sitting going, do you have to race? It's like, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've always had to race. And, yeah. um, you know, because, and you'd know it yourself. Motor yeah. racing is probably. It's, it's a it's, drug. Yeah. You know? And it's probably shit more times than it's good. Yeah. It's probably kicking in the nuts more time, more times than not. Yeah. So people from the outside go, why do you, why do you keep doing this? Yeah. You know, like you seem really disappointed you blew that motor up or, or you ran like shit tonight and you're really mad. Like, yeah. why do you keep doing this to yourself? It's like, 
the one or two times every so often that it's great, it's the fucking best feeling in the world. Like, yeah. And it makes up for all the times that it's shit. So, um, I got that stuff out on the table very early on in the relationship. You've got to find that person and that it gets was, it. Yeah, because yeah, that was, was the same with Dan. He thought I wouldn't get it, but then it's like with me, he's, he learned because I went from swimming to then into fight yeah. sports. But not seriously, I just do it at like, you know, amateur and learning. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then last year I snapped my wrist doing jiu-jitsu and he's look, others are looking at me going, you need you need to give this up. And I'm like, they? no, fuck it. I'll no. just learn from it and move 100%. on. But that's when he does different things. I'm like, others are like, oh, do you feel this way? I'm like, no, because what am I going to do? Sit there and tell him no when I'm doing all this yeah, crazy 100%. shit. Like, <laughs> it probably applies to all sports, doesn't that's it? That's like, it. I feel not, like if you're doing sport, you get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why. But at the same time, we both love what we each do. So yeah. we love enjoy watching it. So if we're yeah, not watching exactly. motor racing, I'm putting on fighting or something else. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, my younger brother did a stint in MMA. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Okay, go on yeah. about that. Mate, that's- you know what? He's probably a better driver than me. Really? Yeah, 100%. As far as naturally gifted, way better than me. Yeah. But he's got ADHD, so he can never focus to the end of a race. Yeah. He'd be a great drag racer. Four seconds, focus, done. Like, he's a weapon, mate. When he raced carts, you would never see a better first lap from anybody. Yeah. Start him 20th, he'll come out 10th in the first lap. But like, remember in Newcastle when you disappear oh, over the yeah. back? Yeah. Disappear. Okay, let's see how where he comes out. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> he disappeared over the back end of the track like in 18th, came out in ninth. It's like, what did you do down there? He goes, uh, secret. But yeah. he could never get to the end of a race without making mistakes and stuff. So, um, yeah, he took up MMA. I've got to say, he's got to have ago. some patience because fights require a yeah, lot so, of patience. Man, and like, yeah. yeah, I'm so proud of him. Like he was um, – he was definitely the wild child between myself and him. Like he played up when he turned 18, yeah. partied a lot, got yeah. himself into a lot of trouble and put on a heap of weight too, like ended up pretty big. So he decided one day that hated getting into fights at nightclubs all the time, hated being the size he is, wanted some discipline. So um, went to, an, and you would know yourself, um, Ross Pearson, okay. owns Central Coast MMA. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so obviously ex-UFC fighter, yeah. been doing it for decades. Yeah. So rocked up in there once. Um, yeah. Did a session with Ross and um, I think Ross said to him 12 months later, he goes, mate, I tried to kill you the first session, like as far as his fitness yeah. went. Yeah. And he goes, I watched you walk out of there and thought he's never coming back. But no, nah, Jay went back and um, lost like 25 kilos, yeah. had his first fight. Um, but same thing, like it's brutal. He yeah. lost, lost two fights in a row and you have people starting to go, well, why would you turn up and get bashed, Yeah, mm. you know, and keep doing this? And he's like, because – did you see before? Like, and he he's hard on himself, but the first fight he lost, man, like he did this spinning back kick on this guy. It looked like he was a fucking Conor McGregor. Wow. <laughs> like, and just absolutely laid this guy out. And the guy was a wrestler. Yeah. And um, so he rushed. Yeah. Tried to ground and pound the guy. Yeah. And the guy was like, thank fuck. He got on the ground with me. Just yeah. Him up, choked oh, him out. No. But up until that point, I was yeah. like, man, you had it over him. Yeah. It's like, doesn't matter. He beat me. Yeah. yeah. And it's like they say, just getting in the ring in any fight sport is a like Brave. one in itself. Yeah. Like, yeah, I oh. remember the first time I did one fight in Muay Thai and just getting in that ring, I was <laughs> just scared shitless with the crowd, yep. let alone yep. having to just deal with the yep. fight. Like I was just overwhelmed by a crowd, like you guys said when you were mm. at all the other races. But like I was taught from others, if you just get in there and you do it, you've, you've got, already yeah, won that. that. Yeah. 100%. I, so all hats, especially MMA, I can't, I, there's no way I'll do it. I've done Muay Thai now, Jiu-Jitsu, <laughs> but there is no no way you're getting yeah. in me in MMA. And how wild is it? Like people's different perspective. Like yeah. me and my brother get on great. Like we never used to as kids, yeah. but fucking best mates now. And he'll come to a racetrack and watch some, like watch a spring car race and cr- or, like I think yeah. they're going to yeah. crash. 
He goes, man, I don't know how you do that. I was like, how the fuck did you get in the ring? That's what yeah. I with Brooke. And stand there opposite with the guy and go, we're going to beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> like my job and is to try and kill him until the referee stops me. I was like, man, I went to your first fight and like my heart was pounding, oh. like more nervous than I've ever been in a race I was, car. I was shaking like that when, yeah. I was watching, when I was trying to film Brooke for a They're way braver than us. There's no way. I'm like, I'm with your brother. I watch you, especially sprint cars. I remember watching, I love watching it. That's why I said to Dan, but I watch it and think, how the hell? Like? Yeah. <laughs> And like, so, and um, I've got a talented family. Like we yeah. have uh, an uncle of mine, uh, his name's Jeff Gerard. Mm. So he was big in NRL. Um, yeah, Did right. a lot of selecting for the blues and stuff like that back wow. in the day. And he always said to us, like me and dad, he's like, don't know how you guys jump in a car, aim at a corner, aim at a U-turn on dirt at like 180k an hour and just hold it flat out and steer around the corner. Like how do you not worry that it's going to go straight ahead and into a fence or something? And dad looks at him and goes, so you were happy to stand in front of blokes that weighed 120, 130 kilos and run at them flat out, <laughs> but I'm the crazy one. He goes, yep, I guess we'll just have to agree that yeah. if you're crazy <laughs> and I'm crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, I like, you know, at least with sprint cars or motor racing, I've got a helmet on. Yeah. If you said let's fight with helmets, I'm like, yeah, let's do that. I think that's why, that's why I, I only did a short – I was too injured to get really in, – yeah. the, the age getting towards 40, my body just starts to give up on 40, itself. You don't look over 20. No. <laughs> she yeah. got pulled up the other uh, the other day. We were, going to, we were going to her brother's place and she comes to me like – she's going to the grog shop and she's like to me, she goes – they literally thought I had to get my age, my age certificate. I said, oh, oh, my, my I, idea. I was like, thank you. Yeah. She was like, she was like, I'm so wrapped. They think I'm young, and I'm like, and I'm like, that's cool. If I go in there, they're going to see my grey hair. And <laughs> it just gets like, worse no. as you get. Like, oh, I was today in training, and they're like, there's little things. They're like, just do this, and I'm like, you don't understand. My body just doesn't work like that anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm trying, I'm trying. Yeah, yeah but it's, um, yeah, yeah. Both of our sports are brutal like that. Like as far as motor racing is concerned, like yeah. Doing martial arts, whatever form of it, yeah. you but take yeah. up. It's like you walk around by thirty or forty going. I'm, I'm sore all the that's time. It, that's it. That's, <laughs> what, that's what I was saying. That's why I like jujitsu. I swapped to it, but back to the punching in the head because I was just like, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. this age. It's a we'll young wrestle. person sport, <laughs> you know. It's a young game. Yeah. You need to do it. I copped a few and was just like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. But <laughs> every, every time she tried a new sport, I'll be the one at home. She's like, can I show you this new move? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, but I really want to show you what I've learned. I'm like, that's great, but I'll stick to my car racing. <laughs> <laughs> show this new move. Dan's taking his clothes. Oh, no. Right. Yeah, wrong move. <laughs> wrong move. <laughs> no, it's um, yeah. fighting and motor racing is hilarious. You can tell who's been around for long enough. Like they're hobbling around. Like I've, I've, I've got fucked knees from motorbikes. Yeah. Um, Have you got a fucked, like I, I've had to go to the physio all the time from the bottom of your back. back. Bottom, yeah. yeah, lower back. Man, yeah. it, it hurts after It must be like, the way we sit in seats. Yeah. I could feel, I, I only, when Dan threw me in the go-kart and then afterwards I was like, oh, this is what you're talking about, the lower back. Yeah. <laughs> Go-karts like, are more brutal than yeah. cars though. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's no, there's yeah. no suspension. Yeah. No padding in a seat whatsoever. Like at least a spring car. So have you ever sat in a spring car seat? No. Have no. you? Well, uh, no, I haven't. Full containment in the legend oh, car? Oh, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually sat in the legend car. So, okay. Yeah. So, so similar. similar. Yeah. But like a go-kart, so, you know, your seat holds you to maybe your ribs. Yeah. The rest of the body's right trying to fall out all the time. You go through a bump, like there's no suspension. So just whack, gotcha. Yeah. And like then you hop in a sprint car where, you know, the seat hugs your ribs, mm. hugs your knees, and you've got shoulder, you know, shoulder supports, hugs your shoulders, hugs your head. Yeah. And then you've got big shocks and you got lots of suspension travel. So you go through bumps, you're boing. It's like, oh, that was all right. Mm. And I went back into a hire cart for a bucks party the other day and come out bathed and bruised. And I thought, yeah, 
don't miss the go-karting days. Like, <laughs> you used to get like the fuel tank bruises in between your knees yeah. and stuff. I used to get that, the rib bruises. And yeah. the, I had um, the water-cooled clubman, like the, yeah. the junior clubby, the radiator. Yeah. I must have always held my elbows at a funny angle because you used to go oh, into a corner and whack yeah. it, like, elbow the radiator. It's like, fuck, so yeah. brutal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Give me a car over a go-kart every day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I've still got I've still got a cart now that I just use for training for my Formula Ford yeah, and yeah, whatever, yeah. Else, whatever else I do. And it's the exact, thing, the exact same thing that you said. It just the con you come out battered and bruised yeah. and after literally like Brooke said to me, she's like, oh, how long do you cart like on a day out there? And she's expecting like what we did back in the day was nine to five type yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I basically train with Bart for like two hours and I'm zonked. I'm yeah. like, I, 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 think, I think back Getting to my old. karting days. I think back to my karting days. I'm like, how the fuck did we do it? Yeah. Three days a week. Yeah, 100%. Nine to five. We'll go to Newcastle or right. Eastern Creek on a practice day and do a thousand laps or something. Yeah, like- and, and over ski jump. Oh, every single time and brutal. fucking feel it on your bum. Though. Good photos though. Always oh, yeah. good photos out of that track. You'll have to put that up on the podcast. Yeah. Some brilliant photos of the ski jump at Newcastle. Yeah. Just destroying go-karts. <laughs> <laughs> Just totally sm- smashing you and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I do miss the karting days. Had a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. So how did you become good friends with like Tara and, and the Tanty family up? Cause that, that is actually pretty cool considering like, You've known them since your karting days and you've kept that long-term friendship yeah. with both your families like, now. Daniel's my best mate. Yeah. So so basically um, Daniel Field, who's a friend, my best mate, started- Can pedal a go-kart, by the way. He's yes. still going yep. around. Yeah. So he, um, we started racing speedway karts together. He's a yep. couple of years older than me. So I was in midgets. He was in rookies. Yeah, uh, we can't say midgets anymore, can't we? Yeah. It's cadets. <laughs> Is that midgets even in speed in speedway? Is that oh, we're, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. still not politically correct. So yeah, fucking midgets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I was in midgets. He was in rookies. Which on the dirt track days, there was never enough carts to make up one division on its own. So midgets and rookies used to race together. Yeah, and his father uh, was a kitchen builder. So yeah, right. when I talk about how we built homes, his dad built the kitchens for my dad. We raced go karts together. So we just Ended up at a track together. Old man was friends with his old man. We were friends and it just never stopped. Like yeah. I started racing black track. He started racing black track too. We traveled around together everywhere. Um, and yeah, that kept going mm. till I was old enough to be racing against the Tanty boys and he met Tara and the rest is history. Now they're married, three kids. Yeah. Got a brilliant bit of property up on the coast there. And um, we're only there a few weeks ago. They bought some little quad bikes for their kids. Yeah, right. So it's like, bring the kids up, let them ride the quad bikes. And that lasted like probably fucking half an hour. Does Tara kids. still work at Subway or does she? Yeah, they own, to- own a, yeah, own a Subway store. Okay. Um, Do they and, own more, more than one now or is it still just don't one? Don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're like come up, let the kids ride quad bikes around the, around the property. Yeah. That lasted like half an hour. Then it was like, all right. With the kids off me and Daniel screaming around the <laughs> screaming around the farm on the quad bike, so yeah, having heaps of fun. So yeah, I st- yeah still catch up with them on a weekly basis. Like he crews on the sprint car too, so we work on them every Tuesday night um, yep. in our factory up on the coast. Um, so yeah, him him and Tara and the kids come along. We got a bunch of little plastic trikes for the kids, second tear around the factory on them, and we work on the cars. So yeah, it's awesome. They're my, they are really like family for us. Yeah. Like my mum calls Daniel a third son. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. cool. So yeah, we um. Uh, I, I keep in touch with Daniel. Um, I don't know if you know Kyle Pollock. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He raced speedway carts with his sister and he yeah. raced wingless sprints as well. And his family's got a deep rooted history in speedway too. Yeah. Um, they so, were very, they were very passionate when they would at Parramatta race. Like Kyle yeah, was, he, he yeah, loved it. Did yeah. he just stop just because he wanted to pursue like the family life and that? 
type of thing or did uh, he just run out of- I think he started running his own business and, and yeah, okay. you know, he just got to start doing adult things. Like yeah. I, I make no bones about it that I'm super fortunate to be able yeah. to do what I do and, and you know, I hate hearing, you know, and Kyle just went down that path, started yeah. his own business when i got to focus on this. So yeah. I admire people like that that as addictive as motor racing is, mm. know when- To stop. This is best for me to go make a living first and let's see- you know, in 10 years' time, I might be doing well enough to come back and race mm. my own stuff. But, um, you know, it's not easy. Any, any, even a go-kart now, it'd be expensive to run like yeah. the national series there. But I just, I really rate people that do it themselves yeah. or know when to call it quits. You know, my father's always said, I'll never go broke for a race car. Mm. And, and it sucks to see people do that. But like Sammy Walsh, Brendan yeah. Scorgy, like I rate all those guys. They, they do it out of their own pocket. They must work their ass off to A, yeah. make the money to do it, B, then actually run their own team. And like, you know, I, I'm stepping up to a point where I will help run the family business and will eventually be running it. So, yeah. but I, I hate this term like spoiled rich kids racing. Yeah. It's the worst thing in the world. And yeah. I know the Bell Bowens copped a lot of that when they raced um, when they were younger, but look in any form of motor racing. Yeah. Well, Roddy like, works his ass off. Like you're yeah, saying about him 100%. doing like designs for you, for your shirts yeah. and stuff. Yeah. He does, he does, he did, does my race cars, yeah, right? Yeah, like he's he, a weapon. Yeah, and Toby in his own right with the with the YouTube channel, yeah. he's going to come on the podcast yeah. too. Yeah, he works his off too. And yeah. you know, you're you you work as a tradesman. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, exactly. Like there's I'm, all I'm managing building projects, and people ask, "Spoiled rich kid, you're on dad's money." It's like dad's money is it's a family business. Yeah, that's a business I will run one day with my cousins. Yeah. So do I have to wait till my dad retires before it's like, oh, now you're not a spoiled rich kid? Yeah. The money came from the same place. Yeah. So like find me anybody under 25 in a sprint car field that's putting their own money into racing it. And there is guys that do it. And like yeah. I said, I rate that. That's awesome. But majority of the kids out there, yeah. or majority of people under 25 are doing it on mum and dad's money. And I'm yeah. sure that's the same as Blackjack. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. 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 yeah that's in everything. Because you can't, like who's made all that money by the time they're 25? Yeah. Like, and that's on. the harsh yeah. reality of motor racing. Yeah, it's yeah. so expensive. Yeah. yeah, I the amount of people that do that is minuscule. That's your one yeah. percent. Yeah, but like, you know, you know Jackson Delamont, um, mm. you know Jordan Brazier. Yeah, um, the Dumsney family. Yeah, you know, and I think everybody in some way, shape, or form, even if they are young, puts either you know a financial contribution to it or works their ass off in the family business yeah. to do it or, you know, one way or another, they're making a contribution. Nobody's sitting there yeah. with a silver spoon in their well, mouth. Well, Mum and dad just go, here's a race car. Yeah. Don't work on it. Don't work for it. Don't do this. So I really hate that term, you know, spoiled rich kids because yeah. you could apply that to half the field really. Well, the Dumsey's kid, the Dumsey brothers, and they work for Max when yeah. they're not racing on the Hoosier tie business and they come to the black track. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And to I think sell Matt, tires. Matt's a carpenter too. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Yeah. D Carpentry. Yeah. Um, I remember talking to Michaela um, years ago yeah. and again, it's none of my business, but I think they had to take a certain amount of money to Max before he would go, all right, let's go racing. Yeah, right. So maybe he, for argument's sake, he might've funded half of it or, yeah. or, or whatever. But yeah, I, I think, I don't think anybody's gone racing for nothing. Mm. That's kind of what that. um, Jeff did to you. If you wanted yeah. to be in the go-kart, he said to Dan, you've got oh. to go out when you were in your teens, late teens, Yeah, got right. to go at work and you worked. Yeah. As a promoter, and then you had to go and find that cash, bring it all in, and then go. Yeah, okay, exactly. I'm I just sell my go kart stuff, which yeah. he bought, and then I had to find the other half to buy a Formula Ford. And yeah. then ever since then, I have flipped Formula Fords to keep racing. Basically, yeah. And and so like, yeah, you maybe didn't pay. Obviously, you didn't pay the whole budget. Mm. Yeah. But 
symbolically, I guess. Your dad yeah. said, you've got to bring me something to show yeah. me you want to do this, that you've worked for this. And yeah. I think most people are like that. So, yeah, I hate that phrase getting thrown around. It's just a way for people on social media to shit on a driver they don't like, basically. Yeah. You know? But, um, but yeah, that's the reality of motor racing, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's expensive. Nobody's doing it by themselves. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Before we get to the segments, I want to ask you one thing. Yeah. What do you think of Kyle Larson racing the Indy 500 this year? Would you ever put it past him to win it? I don't know. I think he dead set could get in the top three. Mate, I... I rate him hard. Like he's, Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? He, he hops in anything and he there was over 2020 speculation that he'd even have a go in an F1 car. I was mm, wrapped for I was it. hoping for that. Yeah. yeah. So I've spoken to a lot of black track friends. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, probably the great thing about motor racing at the moment is there's a lot of... Um, a lot of changeover, like a lot of crossover. Like you say, V8 supercar drivers racing, so mm. heaps of people from carts at the track, at the speedway and vice versa. So you can speak to black track guys now and like, man, have you watched Kyle Larson drive a car? They're like, yes, unbelievable. Like he can drive, you know, a ton and a half of NASCAR one week, mm. hop into a 400 kilo midget the next week and a 600 kilo spring car the next week and then a dirt late model. Yeah, I know. Like, it's he unbelievable. any fucking... You could give him any car with rubber on the on all four corners and he'll drive it and he's a weapon. He picks it up so quick. And Do you see his late model races that he does? He's, oh, he's a nutcase. He's and a like, and Did you say like, the Darlington the, things? Yeah, and like the local late model guys, like when yeah. he started, like he ain't going to do shit. Yeah. Like we're going to wipe the floor with him and he just went and blitzed on. I was yeah. like, yes. Did, you <laughs> I know, was quietly hoping for you it know, to happen. You know the Ross Chastain um, – Game game pass that they were talking. Have you ever seen the Martinsville thing? How Ross Chastain goes around the outside. And he goes on the oh the yeah wall yeah. How awesome was that? Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. know where that started from? I was watching a video on this because I was obs- I'm obsessed with American yeah, racing. Yeah right? yeah. So Kyle Larson in 2020 tried it before he got all that thing. Yeah. Out. Well, 2019 or something. Anyway, yeah. he tried to ride the wall at Darlington and he nearly got there, but he didn't pass Denny Hamlin. Yeah. So Ross okay. Chastain had he was the car literally behind Kyle oh, Larson. So he had that the in the memory bank. Yeah, and okay. he left that in the memory bank yeah. and he thought, I'm going to try it at Martinsville and see if it yeah. works. Yeah. And what happened? He tried it at Martinsville and he went around and Man. he broke a lap record. Yes. He rode the wall. <laughs> That's the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon the best video of that. Was, have you seen the one where they've got all the reactions from the spotters on the radio to the other teams? Yeah, I've seen that video. And they're like, you're clear, you're clear. And then the spotter's like, what the fuck? And he's <laughs> like, and you can tell everyone's just like, is that the, yep, well, that worked. It's <laughs> like, okay. And yeah, I love that video. That is, that's going to be the highlight of NASCAR, doesn't yeah. it, for that season. But um, I, I truly think like forget Formula One and all that. I would not put it past Kyle Larson to be the most naturally talented driver on the planet right yep. now. Oh, there'd be yeah. a lot of Formula One fanboys saying bullshit, not a chance. Formula One's a be all and end all, and it is. Mm. There's no debating that. But I've never seen somebody change disciplines so quickly, so frequently, and pick it up like he's been in the seat for 20 years. Yeah. Like I don't know about you, but I think if you did put him in a Formula One car, he would do it. He would do it, and I think after three or four race meetings, he would be not looking out of place. Put it that no, way. I agree. Um, so what do I think about him in an Indy car? He's capable. Yeah. Um, the scariest thing about IndyCar for me is what it does to drivers when they wreck on ovals. Yeah. Like my biggest thing would be like, don't yeah. take a talent like that, you know, and ruin his career. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the hard thing with the Indy 500. The big yeah, crashes scares there. Scares the shit out. Like, mm. it's probably one thing you'd never catch me in. Yeah. Like, if somebody said with like somebody said he's a NASCAR, he's a Formula One. Like, there's no driver in the world that wouldn't jump at that opportunity. Yeah. But if somebody said to me, "Do you want to drive an IndyCar?" Yeah, sweet. Do you want to do it at the Indy 500? Mm, 
No, no. I think I'll pass on that. <laughs> I think we'll go race at like, a road course or something, but not the not I, the circles, no. I find the qualifying days of the Indy 500 really interesting. If you watch like the yeah. um, old documentaries on Indy 500, how they're yeah. trying to out-qualify each other, there's guys who are like double footing on the accelerator to yeah. get to get <laughs> yeah. past the mile yeah. per hour mark. Yeah. It is fucking insane. And yeah. as you said, if they crash there, because they've got their two feet on one Hot yeah, pedal. Yeah, oh, fuck me. Like you do not want to have an accident there. Yeah, no, no thanks. Yeah, no, yep. I love my motor racing, but that's one thing. No thanks. Yeah, no, so, thank you. <laughs> so, so I hope he does well. Yeah, I think he can. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past him to come out with a with an upset. But yeah, yeah, yeah stranger things have happened. <laughs> yeah. So Alex, as we wind up this podcast, I've got two segments for you. You know, yeah, yeah. only only on the rare occasion I bring up two segments, and I thought Alex Brooklyn's Brooks is the same. Alex is a great guy to have two segments. So the first one's called Hooley's Hot Seat. Shit. And then but you're going to have to skip over the first question because we've already talked about this. Have we? Yeah, the World oh, of Outlaws problems okay. with the You visas. know, I can talk shit really well until somebody <laughs> puts me on the spot and says, like, do it quickly. So, uh, <laughs> well, we can talk about it again just for the point of it being. Yeah, let's do it. All right, yeah, just a quick answer. Okay, yeah, quick, 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 I haven't quick. seen these parts of your podcast, by the way. Oh, okay. No, the segment. You, so you've, seen, really- you've seen the Fast Five, though. That was posted recently. No. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> you, oh, you're oh, really okay. putting me out yeah, here. Okay. okay, cool. Good. I'm down. Let's so do this. The first one is, what were your thoughts on the visa problems with the outlaws struggling to race in Australia? What were your just brief thoughts on this one? Brief thoughts? I think there was some paperwork that wasn't filled in correctly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're not From America's side or Australia's side? Wouldn't the driver be filling out his own visa paperwork? Yeah, true. Whoever did it, you're not here for a holiday. Yeah, Okay. All right. well, that's we can say that, but if you're going to take home $50,000 from the classic, you weren't holidaying. Yeah. You were working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Question number two, what really happened back at Parramatta all those years ago when Tony Stewart and Donnie Schatz packed their bags and never came back to see Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. spicy. I was yeah. like a 16-year-old kid on the hill. Yeah, um, see, that's why it's called Hooley's Hot Seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Tony Stewart told one of the owners back then, Brett Stewart, Yep. Brett, Morris. Brett, Brett Morris. Brett Morris. Yeah. Brett Morris. That you track shit and I could prepare it better than you. Yeah. And Brett said, fine, get on the fucking grader. And Tony pegged his helmet at him. Yeah. Right. That's what I heard. Yeah. Whether there's any truth behind that, no idea. But yeah. that's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> and then Donnie and that went to Queensland or whatever else. Yeah. Donnie did what Donnie was told. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Number three. And Brooke and I were keen for this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who's the alias behind the keyboard racer on Facebook? Oh, shit. <laughs> My question is, is it Mr. Orr? <laughs> is it, is it? No. No. I've been compared to Virat Kohli. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how good is a keyboard race? It's racer, fucking mate? funny as. It's great. My pick? Yeah. Andy Rogers. Andy Rogers. Who's Andy Rogers? Andy Rogers cruise on cars down in South Australia. Okay. Intelligent, quick-witted dude. Yeah. I think he's got the brains for it. Yeah. Yeah. You reckon yeah. it's him? I reckon so. And what? And he scouts even like other tracks around Australia to, to put that content on. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. You reckon yeah. it's him? I yeah, reckon right. so. Because people ask him for his autograph at Warner Bull Face. Yeah. <laughs> did you see that? You got it on the comments. And like the like, classic bingo. Yeah. I don't know if you've oh, seen, yes, that. seen that. I did that. I love that. What was the one about picking like lettuce and shit yeah. like that for oh, yeah. the guys? Or, yeah. yeah. Or, or like when Wade tastes the clays. So yeah. 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 the commentators get on board with it. Yeah. Have a JD for certain things. And, yeah. Oh. Uh, there was one. Um, I think the keyboard race was behind encouraging somebody to get him to say over the microphone the old um, – if you've got a car parked, you're blocking an exit. Yeah. I'm going to play NE1 for ABJ. Yep. 
<laughs> so yeah, the keyboard race is awesome. Big, he's big he's, fan. He's pumping up the hard boys at the moment. Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah. peak specimen. Oh, Alex, Alex is glorious. Like, look, at that, look at that mullet. I know. <laughs> By the way, people do give him shit, and Toby said this in the comments, but he's actually turning into a decent peddler. Right yeah, now. I, I was on board with that too. Yeah. I've got a lot of time for the adards. Yeah. You know, um, they're going to come in here too, by the way. So. Yeah, cool. Yeah. We've had Mark on here. Yeah, Mark's yeah. the first one that yeah, came Yeah, up. yeah. So Mark's, um, I think his cousin's with Pete or something like yeah, that, or yeah. Pete's his uncle Pete's or something. His, uh, yeah. yeah, his brother, yeah. actually, I think, from anyway. Don't, yeah, there's yeah. a relation there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Mark's a wanker with his Ford. Tell him I said that. <laughs> I'm not a Ford fan in sprint yeah, cars. Yeah. Fucking Chev's all the way. Yeah. Nah, Mark's cool. Um, but the adult brothers are doing really well. Yeah. I And you know what? They're another, another pair of kids that are doing it on yeah. their own. Yeah. Like Alex, I actually, we picked up some stuff for them from Toowoomba. Mm. So Alex met me at our factory and we got talking about work. Like I'm, he's been talking about doing 15 hour days. Like he's sort of running the factory there. And, mm. you know, if people don't turn up for a shift, he's the guy there that take, that covers all that stuff. Yeah. Right. And then has to go and race. And this and is the chick, this is the chicken. Yeah. The Supreme yeah. poultry. So, um, again, people I rate who work hard, do it mm. themselves, young guys having a crack and, you know, everybody young in spring cars is going to crash. A bit. Yeah. Um, but Alex, I would say has been most improved this whole season at Eastern Creek. Actually, there's a heap of guys that are most improved, but Alex is probably my pick. Mm. Um, Jesse's always been fast, but his consistency has probably improved a lot. Yeah. But like there's guys like Kyle Corns, Luke mm. Sturton. There's, there's guys that to be brutally honest, when I finished racing yep. before COVID, I probably would have expected to beat every night. Okay. When I come back yeah. at the end of February, I'm going to be going like, I'm going to have my hands full. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of guys I probably would have beaten beforehand that I'm not going to beat for yeah. a while. So, yeah. But no, um, yeah, great great family, the Adards. I, I think Alex is yeah. most improved this season. Yeah. Question number four on Hawley's hot seat, and many people will comment on this hopefully on the podcast. What's your thoughts on the concussion device that's not approved <laughs> in sprint cars slash motorsports Australia? <laughs> Why'd you do that? <laughs> because I can relate this back to the keyboard razor. He's, his, relationship to, his relation to it was – an egg and a spoon <laughs> So I actually had, this won't make me popular. I yeah. <laughs> was partially testing that device before okay. it was implemented. Yeah. So I had Mark Richards, who is the um, president of the New South Wales Sprint Car Association. Yep. Stood up at a driver's briefing, said basically, and the guts of it is uh, insurance companies for our sport have considered us high risk for mm. head injury they need us to have a regulation in place for concussion, yeah. a record or something to indicate that we're doing something about head injuries in sports. Mm. NFL's doing it. MMA, like you've got mandatory um, suspensions and stuff. We have nothing. Yeah. Um, and we're lagging behind motorsport and the rest of the world. Mm. So here's a device. Is anybody willing to test it? And I was at driver's brief and went, yeah, I'm big on, mm. I'm big on head injury. Um, so, yep, I'll test it. It came in. It's a little... Obviously, you've seen seen the device. Yep. It's double-sided tape. It's a little 3M tape. Stick it on your helmet and off you go. He goes, when you have a crash, if this goes off, I just want to come and inspect it, yada, yada, yada. I thought it was a great idea. Yep. I didn't know the implications um, that yeah. have since come out. Um, I never had it. I had three of them on the back of my helmet. Yeah, three. Because we're in the testing stage. Now, okay. he had 16 drivers do it, so- these guys are probably quiet because they don't want to get backlash for probably helping implement it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but there were 16 of us uh, across the country. One of them, uh, actually, the only two that went off mm. in a whole season over 16 drivers was myself and Troy Little, both okay. at Eastern Creek. Yeah. Troy spun out 
on lap one of an A main. Yeah, spun out, not flipped. Spun out in position four and had the whole field collect him flat yeah. out. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. So that set off the indicator. And I actually at the end of last season had a lump of clay come up and smash my helmet. Yep. Um, got over the rock screen and came in and belted the helmet, pushed yep. it back into my nose, smashed my nose across my face, yep. um, tried to tear the helmet off my head. Yeah. Did you break the nose or anything or not? Or was it I think like- so because I got a big hook in my nose. Yeah, okay. Never officially. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, but I think I have. Yeah. Um, I snore a lot more now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost certain I did. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, all the other guys. And there was one guy that Mark told me actually flipped three times in the space of that season, never set one off. Wow. So it's strange to me now that there's so many stories coming out of the woodwork of people going, oh, mine – Mine came in the box broken mm. or I dropped my helmet yeah. and it broke. I dropped my helmet with three of them on multiple times. Didn't break. So, but again, when you're importing a product and you give 16 of them out, you know, if you're going to have 10% of them fail, that's 1.6. Mm. If you put 200 of them out there, you're going to get, you know, 10% of them is, is 10. So yeah. as you put more of them out there, you're going to get more faults and stuff. Do I believe every story I've heard? No. No, there seems to be a new guy every week saying that they're fucking shit. Yeah. Um, when, when you crashed though, did they did their medical come up and do the eyes thing with you yeah, and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, I've done, I've never had it obviously in what my sport, but yeah. but I get concussion tested as well, right? Yeah. So, so when you had that go off, did they come and check you out? Yes. So okay. the idea of that was, if that goes off, it's a mandatory uh, medical center check. Yeah. So we have a medical center at the track, track, and you get checked over for concussion. Um, on the night they cleared me of concussion, they went, "No, nope, you're fine. It might be mild, but." we think you're fine. So that was all good. Then you'd have to go to a doctor and there's a checklist of like a head injury assessment that your GP has to do before you can race again. So I like the idea. Mm. It has to, it has to happen since learning that bell and all that are like not a chance. You stick this to your helmet. It's, Mm. it's now void of all warranty and, and responsibility on our behalf. We've got to take them off. Yeah. Okay. You cannot run another race meeting like that. Yeah. And as much as I'm for them and I was, part of the testing process, mm. I'll be rocking up to the classic at driver's briefing saying, we're all taking these off. So you either have a meeting or you don't because there's 100 and 118 drivers here that are taking them off the car. Realistically, like we've got your helmet down here and I don't know yeah. what everybody can see on the podcast, yeah. but that winglet, the clear winglet behind your helmet, yeah. I can't see how if we stuck it on that, that would structurally affect the helmet. Yeah, right. Well, because that's an extra plastic part of the... Yeah, yeah so if I stick it to that, yeah. I don't see how that can affect the helmet. Yeah. And realistically, that's like a other good people, point. That's yeah, a, yeah. Well, that's where I've stuck it on my helmet. Yeah, because um, I've got a Bell GTX and it has a similar, similar mm. winglet off the back. So I understand like the story of Michael Schumacher that you know the the GoPro mount may have been what uh, compromised the helmet. I get mm. that. Um, I think realistically, is it more helmet manufacturers probably covering their ass just in case? Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Does this also come down to like, should the helmet manufacturers be working with the manufacturers for these to build them into the helmets? I agree. That's so they're not, you know what I mean? Like they're actually in between the padding and that, and so they're not actually ever going to hurt the head. We've got to go back to scratch because trying to attach things onto Mm. these things is clearly not working. Well, here's the question I have. They won't do it because it hasn't been homologated or tested. So there's no reason that we can't get this device tested and say, actually, it doesn't affect the helmet. You're right Mm. to use them. The fact that there's no data on that is the only reason they're saying no, from my understanding. Mm. I don't know. There's lots of parts to that story. I can't give you a quick answer on it. Yeah. I believe we need to have some recording of head injury assessment 
yep. you know, at the track, we need it. This clearly wasn't the right way. If I'd known that that was going to void the warranty on my helmet, I probably wouldn't have put it on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in essence, it was a good idea. In implementation, no, it wasn't done properly. Um, the midgets in America apparently have a rechargeable one. It attaches to your seat. Yep. Same thing. If, the, if it goes off on the seat, all right, you need to be assessed for head injury, but it's not on the helmet. Yeah, right. So, and if it goes off, like let's say, it, I think it's a light, it's green, turns red. Yeah. Um, our ones are actually a, a bit of powder in a canister. Okay. Held in by ball bearings and springs. Yep. Once it gets to a certain pressure, the ball bearing breaks the canister and the powder disperses in this little clear case. Oh, that's smart. So, um, so yeah, there is other options out there. So yep. potentially- Spring Car Control Council of Australia should have gone down a different path, maybe a more tried and tested path yeah. because this is not used in any other motor yeah. racing yeah. to my knowledge. No. So they should have gone to the FIA maybe or, yeah. or you know, USAC, which is a governing yeah. body for the midgets in America, and said, what are you guys using? Mm. And everybody says that and they're quick to say that, but to play the devil's advocate, if they turned around and said, yeah, we spoke to fucking the FIA They've got this device which is going to cost you all $5,000 instead of 100 bucks for that. Well, half the sprint car field would be erupting anyway because yeah. we're a grassroots sport. You're going to send me broke. So how do you mm. – people want everything. Yeah. yeah. I always like to play the devil's advocate. Is It's implemented wrong, but we need something like that and it needs to be cost effective. So they're going to have to do something working forward. Yeah. But like Cam Waters came out and said like – yeah. We shouldn't be doing this, and I agree with him now. Even though I was on board with it, we shouldn't be doing it. Because they also thought beyond had you heard, you know, like you were mentioned, like in fight sports, there's a certain amount of KOs or TKOs you cop, and then you're out for a certain amount yeah, of time because yeah. there's all that. In. Had they thought about how many times if you guys got a certain amount of hits, was it one, two, three hits, and you needed to be out for a while, or had they even gone that far? Or I don't think so. So I think the buck. This sounds bad, but I think the buck was then passed on to your GP. Yeah, all okay. they did is said. Our device has alerted us that you've had an impact of 100 Gs. Yeah, right. We think that this requires you to be assessed. Yeah. We haven't said that you're concussed. All we're saying is go get assessed by a medical expert. Now it's up to them to determine if you're right to come back. Yeah. So basically it's our organization going, we just need to identify the risk of injury and then- Maybe. Yeah, because basically you could go to any dodgy GP and get yourself signed off. 100%. Really, you know what I mean? Like that's no, they're kind of like, but then they're yeah. like, but you like you said, they're just wiping themselves off the problem. Yeah, yeah. So I actually had the opposite problem though. Yeah, took a form to the GP and they're like, "Fuck that, I'm not touching it." Yeah, right. I don't want to be because they're all aware of yeah. head injuries in sports now. Yeah, um, you're gonna have two extremes: the ones who don't give a shit, and then the ones who really care and are worried about and what they do. They don't yeah. want their license, like yeah. their, their medical practitioner's license, on the back of, "Oh, he jumped in a car and now he's dead." Yeah. Mm. I was the one who said he's good to race again. They don't want that responsibility. Yeah. So it's a sticky situation. I yeah. don't know the answer to it. Yeah. We're halfway there. Yeah. Implement Brooke. something, do it better. Yeah. Brooke, you've got this last one. Oh, okay. Which, where are we at? So number five, should the rest of Australia follow Western Australia and put screen, sprint cars back on mainstream TV? I was going to interrupt you and just say yes. Yes, yes. So so the rest I of the country like, follow Western I'm, Australia? Yes. When I'm reading this question, I'm like, do I have to <laughs> read this In every out? aspect, <laughs> they should follow Western Australia. Western Australia has their tyre situation under control. As well. They saw the riding on the wall last year and from what I believe, they've got stock. Why don't? Why doesn't West, Why doesn't the east side of Australia work with the west in the spring? Like, because oh, they're they're different, different countries. I was going to say, you do know they're a different country, Dan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're Perthalia. Yeah. 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 I love everything they're doing. Yeah. I, I would love to race the Australian title over there, but 
that would be stupid of me to arrive there yeah. on the 10th of February, having raced zero this season, but man, they got the best, they got the best track over there. Like Perth Motorplex is insane. Yeah. They're promoting themselves well. Yeah. They've got their tire situation under control. Like, What's not to like about what they're doing? It's not even there. We'd had Tom Williamson on, you know, the top coach for go-karting to supercars, yeah. and he's sending all his team to yeah. WA to train a couple of in times Formula a year. In Formula Ford. That's the only way to train. Yeah. Over there in Barbagello, you can go there, mm-hmm. and they Tom Tom can go out on the track, and, and no, you can't do this at Sydney Motorsport yeah. Park, by mm-hmm. the way, and he can point to that part of the track and say, hit this corner at this yeah. apex. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But that's – because it's like WA's got their own rules, the way that they do things. It's a lot more looser. I'm gonna it's use, a lot more fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use the most overused phrase that you've probably seen on Facebook and shit. Yeah. yeah. We are the now new state. Yeah. We are yeah. overgoverned, overregulated. Yeah. Like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Take me back. Everything's a part America does a lot wrong. Yeah. yeah. But I do like the survival of the fittest type of theory. <laughs> <laughs> like, My dad always says that. He goes, we need the Darwin's theory. Darwinism. Yeah. Mate, yeah. this back. Like, there's he one talks- thing America does is like, you're free to do what you fucking want. If you're yeah. a dumbass, you die. Yeah. <laughs> he always jokes to me because he was in he's in trades and like you would have seen all the OHS around oh. things about you know the windows now having to be sealed up at a certain yeah. place. He's like, just yeah. rip that yeah. shit open. Yeah. If they're 100%. meant to go, they're meant to 100%. go. <laughs> Natural selection. No, um, <laughs> yeah. And like I think Perth has don't hold me to it. I think they have midweek practice nights at the motorplex. Oh, really? At times. Maybe wow. not consistently through the whole season, but I know there's dedicated practice nights. Yeah. We get one at the start of the season in New South Wales. That's exactly what I said to Dan. How if you want to try a sprint car, do you even try? I can see why SVG went to New Zealand yeah. to try and learn without, you know, everyone there watching him yeah. trying to learn because it's like any sport. You need a chance without everyone screaming at you going, ha ha, look yeah. at you. It's, it's like, like, give like me the, a go. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best and worst part about sprint car racing. Yeah. like, And I mean that. Yeah. The best part about it is like you could see guys in go-karts that probably weren't naturally talented. Yeah but just went and did thousands of laps a week. Yeah. Yeah. Dad took them there. They probably did more out, more more than a 40-hour work week yeah. at the track, and they got good. There's yep. nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to shit on people who put in the hard work instead of natural talent. Yep. The beauty of sprint cars is you don't get that opportunity. You can hire the track, but probably like hiring Sydney Motorsport Park exclusively. Yeah. It's you expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, so basically the best and worst part is like, yeah, the worst part is you don't get the ability to bring yourself up to speed as a new guy. You get thrown in the deep end. The best part, you know who was the best guy on the night. Yeah. It wasn't the guy that turned up through the week and did a 1,000 laps. Yeah. You all turn up. You all saw the track an hour ago. Who can set the car up the best? Who can adapt to it the best? Yeah. That's the best on top thing of that, the, On top of that, sprint car, all the speedway changes over the night due to the yeah. promoters. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? 100%. Like they, they, throw in, they throw in different yeah. styles of yeah. racing. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, best and worst part about it. Yeah. Um, is that you don't have the practice, but Perth does give people the opportunity to practice. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're better than us. Yeah. In how they're running it at the moment, in every sense of the word. Yep. That's not very patriotic of me. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. If we can try and win the state of origin in rugby league, that'd be good. That'll fucking make me a bit happier. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> actually, going on before we go into the fast five, which is our ending segment. Yeah. Um, I've got to ask about. Obviously, you said you was it your uncle always in rug, involved in rugby league because I'm a huge league fan, right? It's on the, yeah, on yeah. The thing. You're but not going to ask me questions about it because I don't know rugby league. Oh, so I you don't, know, I don't know. Do you shit. follow? Do you follow any team or anything? Nah. You, no, I'm obliged to say the Panthers because. My wife is Maltese and Italian, has a yeah. very big family. They're all based in Penrith and years ago. So yeah. I, I arrived and they're like, who do you follow in the NRL? I was like, looked at my <laughs> looked at my eyes, she's like, Penrith. 
Penrith, yeah, Penrith. Been a Penrith <laughs> boy my whole life. Yeah. Good man. So, yeah, no, I, I follow Penrith. Yeah, I was expecting you to say like Newcastle Knights or something. That's the North, North Sydney, Sydney Bears. Yeah, I'm nostalgic all We the almost had the Central Coast Bears for I a while know. there I too. Was, I was hoping that would actually happen. Yeah. And that our, and our, our theme for our show is hashtag RIP North Sydney, Sydney Bears. Bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, do, I do want them to return, but it's very, again, the nanny state and the whole political yeah. red tape. But same thing in, in motorsport and rugby yeah. league. Red tape and whatnot. Like Formula One and Andretti at the moment. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's actually a good subject that you brought up then. That's crazy. He's got we so got much. Yeah. <laughs> but all night. Yeah, no, he's, got so, he's got so much money and they're not letting him in. Anyway. Because they don't want to filter theirs. Yeah. yeah. Which is shit. Yeah. Crazy. I'd rather see 40 Formula One go into the first corner than 20. Yeah, I agree. Like, how could- <laughs> yeah, I know. It's Same quite- as supercars. I know. I was about to bring that up too. Now, this is a subject I don't know shit about, but is that what Peter Adderton sort of – Oh, that's advocating for. We that's, want him on to be able to like really just put it out there. He'd like, be like Tony, wouldn't he? I don't, know if, you've seen his, I don't <laughs> know if you've seen his stuff on like um, Instagram and that, but he is blatantly outright just like, you know. Because he wants in, like oh, 100%. forgive my ignorance, but he's he like wants in. Andretti, yeah. He's like Andretti but supercars. He yeah. wants in, but nobody will let him in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's why he's in the Bathurst one. Th- sorry, Bathurst twelve, 12, 12 hour. hour. Yep. They're in, but yeah, he's getting the shits. Like he puts on um, the twelve hours. Got hang on, how many? The twenty eight. Twenty eight cars, cars or something. And like. we got so what do we got? Like twenty four, twenty six in supercars. He's like, I'm sorry, so you can fit another two in the grid for that, but you won't allow me yeah. in supercars. Yeah, my, mind you, I'm racing at that same event with fifty Formula Fords. You know yeah, I mean? go figure. And like, it wasn't Bathurst of the days of old. Yeah, there was forty-five cars on the grid and stuff like that. When you had privateer teams, like yeah, and you proper to lap, yeah, you'd have like, to lap them because yeah, you know, they didn't have the budget or what. Yeah. yeah, and that was the proper like they used to drive the race car to the track. Yeah, and but that's why what sp- wins on Sunday sells on Monday. Like those days where they opened it up and said, mm. well, you know, that's, that's why it, I think that's why I think sprint cars is getting popular again because it's still that authentic racing. Do you know how, what I mean? Yeah. Authentic is the best word for sprint cars. Yeah. You haven't got any bullshit with electronics or uh, making racing difficult. It's so stripped back. It's so basic, but it's the best parts of, sp- of motor racing in general. It's yeah. loud, fucking loud. Like we're not trying to appease yeah. the rest of the world, which might bite us in the ass in the next 10 years. But yeah. for now, it's loud. Yeah. It's fast. It is simple. Mm-hmm. It's accessible for anybody who's got the budget. There is no fucking wall up to make sure that you can't do that or the boys club is going to prevent you. It's yeah. just how motor, it's pure. It's what motor racing should be yeah. across the board. Yeah. But and, yeah. There's, and there's a lot of good girls coming through Speedway as well, by the way. Out of all the motorsports, the only like decent bunch of girls yeah. that are falling through is, as you said, the, the Chili Bowl. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're all coming through because, that route because it's cheaper, easier or authentic. Yeah. And it's accessible. And, yeah. and in, more so in America than Australia. But if they want to race 80 or 90 times a year, yeah. They can do that. Yeah. And they can get good. Mm. There's no like, you know, there's no shortened calendars. There's no boys club where yeah. they're going to, if we all get together, we'll make sure this guy can't get in. I, yeah. you know, whether you love or hate Peter Adderton, yeah. he, you know, I, I don't believe in blocking any potential team coming yeah. to the sport. It's only going to be good for the sport. Well, Tony back in, as you're saying, season one, he got me views because he was so outspoken. And yeah. I reckon, I reckon Peter Addison would probably be that guest if I had him on here and like that. Yeah. And it even goes back to what we spoke about earlier. Mm. Um, whether you want to be the robotic professionalism or do you want characters? Yeah. I think within reason, characters are great for any sport. 
That's what we you say. Yeah, even 100%. if they play the villain. Yeah, that's exactly what we said. I've said to Dan, I'd love to be able to go to the tar. We need more around, like you used to have what we were speaking mm. about in Speedway, with the big pictures of each of the drivers yeah. there. Yeah. People know who's there. You've got more character. And then that's what's good about like the NASCAR. I know some things get extreme, but you've got those characters. Like Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush is the villain. Oh, yeah, and he plays that deadpan, right you know, there. I don't give a yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> then you've got Bubba Wallace who's making strides in what, like, you know, the differences he's making to someone as colour being mm-hmm. on that track and what the things yeah. he's changed there are pretty incredible like yeah. getting rid of that flag and yeah. That. Yeah. but you've got all these people doing different things and they're allowed to speak their mind I yeah. think that's the other thing they're allowing them whereas you watch some of the supercars I feel like others are like to us Oh, some will be allowed to talk. It depends on their teams. Others, they won't. They'll be red taped. And yeah. it's a very much like we joke sometimes. I'm like, it's more of a potato character I'm getting on yeah. it. Like, I'm like, please speak. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then you're hearing behind closed doors from others. They're like, oh, they're just, they're wild. They're great characters. If you got, if you talk to yeah. them, they're just so free. But at the moment, they just, they're not allowed. They're contractually bound yeah. not to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like Wade Orange just said to me once, he goes, I don't care if people want to play the villain. If you've got broad enough shoulders to cop criticism from fans yeah. because they only see on the outside, they don't know you're a good guy. But if you want to play the villain, yeah. that's great for business too. Yeah, play the villain. We need the heels. <laughs> the heels of WWE. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But like Gary Brazier, yeah. he quite often played the villain. Yeah. Um, Kyle Bush. Yeah. Bubba Wallace is probably a villain in a lot of people's stories. You yeah. know, Kyle Larson fans hate Bubba Wallace a lot of yeah. the time because, you know, in their minds they're the reason that, you yeah. know, a slip of the tongue got him banned, which, yeah. you know. Is what it is. It doesn't matter what. 2020 was a weird year. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what your view is on that, but yeah. they're polarising. Yeah. yeah. They get pros and cons and that's fine. Does anybody really believe Kyle Bush is that much of an asshole behind closed doors? No, no. not for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe Gary Braz is an asshole. Yeah. I, like Bra- I like the Braz. He's cool. Yeah. But you need characters. You need to, you know, upset the fans, make them happy, whatever. Yeah. That's why Engage this, them. That's why I've got this podcast to bring guys on like yourself mm. so they can see – you know, beyond the helmet, basically, yeah. is our tagline. I've you probably know I mean? said some things that have upset a promoter or two, but fuck. Oh, you can't. But everyone's got opinions. <laughs> and then yeah. you've got you your want sides to hear that, it, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. 100%. There's two so. sides to everything as yeah. well. And not everyone's also the fans are seeing what it's like to be in the driver's seat yeah. or to yeah. be in somebody else's yeah. seat, what you're having to deal with. So yeah. it's sometimes, like we've said, that, you know, people are at home watching aren't having to deal with all of this. So yeah. it can be a lot easier. And we've heard from the supercar drivers who've said they've had a lot of shit thrown at them from fans and that, but they're not there to see why. Or they sometimes yeah. they can't then speak out on it because they're being blocked from yeah. speaking. So yeah. SVG is probably another one playing the playing the the villain. Um, the villain. Yeah. I'm not sure if he likes to or whether he wants to, but the harsh reality is when you wipe the floor with everybody you're gonna and be- you're a pretty aggressive driver, you're yeah. gonna be the villain. Yeah. And I've heard from people through contacts who have been in the supercar pits and they're like, he's actually one of the nicer guys walking around. Yeah, that's yeah. what we've heard. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, he's pretty chill. Same as Jamie Wincup. I don't yeah. ever think he was that much of an arsehole. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's because so, when they start to win, they get the villain things. Oh, but when gets you're competitive, that. that's yeah. it. People are like, you're an arsehole because you're competitive. It's like, well, it's a it's you're playing in essence a game or a sport, whatever. Yeah. yeah, you're there to win. Of course, you're going yeah. to do what it takes. Exactly. Even yeah. down to our level, call me arrogant. Yeah. But I believe, I truly believe, every time I turn up to a racetrack, I have a chance of winning if I do everything right. Yeah. 100%. If I didn't I think that, why would you fucking do it? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. Same as fighting. Well, my yeah. if you're going to put got, yourself on yeah. the line, 
that you truly didn't believe you were going to win, why would you do it? Well, hey, Mikey just got all that shit I was reading online. There was a lot of the other UFC fighters and everyone posting about it because there's like, why did he hurt that guy's leg? And it's like, well, he was actually looking at the ref like, what the fuck is the dude going to tap? But the thing was, it's a sport and if he doesn't stop him and he does let go, well, then he can grab him and submit him. And at the end of the day, it's a fight sport. When you walk in, you walk in to take the other person out. That's the name of the game. It's a dog-eat-dog world in all forms of sports at a competitive level. Yeah. If you're going to bash somebody for being ultra competitive, what are you watching? Yeah, yeah. that's What it. are you watching for? Yeah. yeah. If you know, anything, learn from them, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a big believer in like, you know, I hate the participation trophy type yeah. of concept. Oh, you know, God, yeah. we didn't have that. I, I feel like we, because yeah. I'm a, we're about I'm about seven years older. Yeah. We missed the generation of the participation. You either got yeah. first, second, or third, and that and was that's it. it. And like, yeah, we're a funny generation. Like, I'm 30 this year, so I was born in '93. So I was like, did you have the participation stuff at school? No, I was like the tail yeah, end. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, yeah. Just after me, yeah, yeah. Like, but like, I didn't have a mobile phone till mm. I was. 13 or something. Yeah. And even then it was still the old keypad Nokia. Yeah, yeah, like the yeah. iPhone didn't come out till I was like yeah. 17 or 18 or something. Yeah, okay, yeah. So and the iPod was re- revolutionary. Yeah. You know and like, like I can stuff. still remember three of my best mates' home phone numbers because if you wanted to hang out with yeah. your mates after school, you had to pick up the home phone, ring their mum, can I come over? Yeah. Hop on your push bike and ride up the street. Like, yeah. It's crazy how the world's changed. Yeah. But getting that back to motorsport is like we grew up in an era where competitiveness was. Yeah. Like that's working hard. Yeah. Yeah. You praise the kid that beat the shit out of everybody in every spot because he worked his ass off. Yeah. He's talented and he works hard. Now we've got people who are criticizing. Like if you're witnessing greatness for argument's sake, like Mm, SVG, didn't he just break the record for the most wins in one season? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. And so Kyle Larson again, you know what I mean? When he was on fire before the new cup. Yeah. You know what I mean? Before that bringing that. It's just like why would you shit on that? You're witnessing greatness. Mm. And Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Verstappen yeah. even now, right yeah. now. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. They're yeah. always looking for a villain. And I think some of it is also coming from a mixture of like well, if you look at Formula One, Drive to Survive, this reality TV bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just not a fan of reality TV. Yeah, yeah. I really no, struggle I to be a watch part reality of it. TV. I watch now some of it just because if we're gonna comment on like I said to Dan on this show on Drive to Survive, I've got to say, well, I did watch it, so I can this You've is got why it's shit. Your homework. Yeah, Let's put it's, that it's, way. It, yeah. I don't want to do it's it, but painful, it's there. but it's there. But I don't watch any of the others. But then social media. So a lot of people, I don't know, they're getting into like frenzies and things like that yeah. that we didn't grow up with. So it no. was either first, second, or third or whatever it was. But then now it's like, oh, I can comment on this, I can comment on that. But yeah. it's all commentary from people who've never even been in the seat yeah yeah you know if, if you were the villain at the track whether it was formula one or sprint cars and everything in between the criticism you caught would be booze at the track yeah but yeah. once you went home that's it you don't hear it i know yeah now you go home open facebook and you've got a hundred people shitting on you well you got to raise kids now learning and trying to understand oh, what they're going to come home with with yeah. school with yeah. all of that stuff yeah. following them because i yeah. can't imagine coming home from school with the shit that would come through on yeah. all these different like we're dealing with mm. facebook instagram tiktok and oh, god knows what'll be there in 10 years yeah. 12 years when they're there but hopefully less yeah <laughs> but that's not the, yeah we're secretly hoping they'll implode but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what i mean they've got to deal with this now whereas our parents were teaching us about no drugs no alcohol yeah, or like you 100%. know or, or like you know Get yeah. Home before the street light comes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was legitimately my rule. Like my best mate lived two k's away from yeah. us. He used to ride the push bike, and it's like be home before dark. Yeah, cool. I remember literally coming home like fuck, street lights are on. Like, fuck, I could. But um, yeah. but yeah, I loved growing up in that era. I think we're all better for it. Yeah, yeah. Like there was a, there was a um, I think it was Dana White 
I was scrolling through Insta and just saw a video and he's like, I'm telling my children, like, you're growing up in a world of pansies. Like, if you are even remotely a savage in this world, you're going to be some of the most successful people in the world. Yeah. Because we grew up in a world where you got your ass kicked and life was probably a bit harder. Yeah. Life wasn't hard for us, mm. but you still had... You had the wooden spoon. Yeah, you had some old school parenting. <laughs> yeah. And the new these new kids are growing up in a world that's padded. Yeah. 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 You know, and... They're protected from everything, and because social media is given their basically everyone a, a word to say on on the internet, and you'll always find people who will agree with you, even yeah. if you're completely yes, wrong. That's to validate what you're feeling, yeah, because yeah. they get together, and then it's like when you see these things, like people like, how did Andrew Tate even have a platform? Because all these idiots followed the dude. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, oh, there that's we, go. Oh, yeah. we just keep recording the yeah. audio. You will always find people who agree with you. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it, one way or another. So, and yeah, that that's probably harmful for motor racing yeah. as far as having villains and stuff because you feel less obliged to play the villain if you're going to cop it yeah. But I think they need good support systems. As long as everyone's got good support systems, yeah. that also isn't just your family, friends, but the <laughs> organisations that run yes. it need to be supporting yeah. the drivers. 100%. You know, whether it is Speedway, Supercars, this, that, and they yeah. help them. Because yeah. that's what we saw when we watched the do- – that was back to the documentary we saw with Bubba Wallace. The head of NASCAR was supporting him and going mm. yeah. to an extent. There was back yeah. and forth between the two of them. Yeah. But there's someone to talk to. So, yeah, yeah you'd want everyone to have that person who's overseeing 100%. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure I'd like to see fighting in motor racing. Yeah. I would like to see arguments. I would yeah. like to see people speaking their mind and I'd like to see villains. Yeah. But we can't do that unless, like you say, yeah. there's backing behind that. So, And you don't want to be like the WWE. You don't want to be just putting on a show that's not authentic. Yeah, yeah. that's it. But yeah. let the authentic come through mm. and let people have their say, let the crowd have their say, but figure out how to leave it at that, yeah. shut it down after that. So, mm. yeah. Fuck, well, I can ramble. I know. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed, by the way. There is so much content here that we can put out on the Man, video. you're going to be editing this for weeks. <laughs> I said to Scorgi, I was like, I'm going on Hooli's podcast. He goes, fuck, you'll do well on that. <laughs> he goes, you just talk. I was like, yeah, I can do that. Um, so this is a game called The Fast Five. Yep. So if you do look on our Instagram, they're at the leaderboard at the moment. But, but while this, by this time it comes out, it'll obviously change. Yeah, you'll you be season it. three. You'll be season cool. three. Yeah. So the first – the it's a five questionnaire thing. Um, most of them this week are they are all multi choice. So it's it's basically who wants to be a millionaire, but it's fast five. <laughs> Is it relative to motor racing? It's yes, all relevant yes. to motor racing. You're going to figure out how narrow minded I am. Oh. I know Speedway. I know fuck all about fuck all. I think you gave mostly. This is all no, Speedway is, questions. It's all, it's all, it's all oh, there's a NASCAR. But that's every- fine. I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's all based. So the fast five originally was based around. Like the driver's preferences or the yep. or the personality's preferences yep, cool. of what you like. So yep. it's still a, it's a questionnaire. Basically, if you get three right, Brooke, you pass basically. Yep. And if yep. you get if you get if you don't, you get a shit <laughs> prize. If you get you still get a prize, but it depends on how much you get right. There's and a how much spectrum. You get, the okay. shit to the good. Yeah. <laughs> so you either get a really shit prize. Shit, it is. is. I'm gonna be shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, get a, you can get a two dollar shop prize, or you can get basically a, a half decent prize. Cool. Let's go. I'm cool. Down. All right. The first one is question number one. When was the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series founded? Was it A, 1970? Was it B, 1973? Was it C, 1978? Or was it D, 1982? I can repeat the question if you need now, to. Now, Sammy Walsh would have been sick at this, I reckon. He would have, yeah. He was actually pretty good. He was good. pretty, yeah. He was pretty yeah. decent, yeah. 78? 
Yes, correct. Yep. Numbers, yes. <laughs> like, wow. The holy balls. Yeah, okay. That, that's the, you're the first person in, I think, three three guests at the moment who's got the first question. Wow, right. thank so God for that. So you're off to a flying start. <laughs> or it's all going to go downhill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you might find this one a bit harder. Who won the Ward of Outlaws Rookie of the Year in the year 2020? Was it A, Carson Macedo, B, Ian Madsen, C, Wayne Johnson, or D, James McFadden? Carson, I think James wasn't full-time till after that, wasn't he? No, you'll be surprised by this answer. It was C. Wayne Johnson. No. Yes. Yes. Carson must have been in before <laughs> then. It was, Carson was the year before. Correct. Shit. That's, that's why. It was a tricky question. You seen a video of Wayne punching on with Aaron Reitzel? No. Oh, I've got to send you so many fight videos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Oh, by the way... The, the sellers bringing Aaron Rise all over here is fucking awesome, by yeah, the way. He's, he's a weapon. A, yeah, he's an entertaining character. All right, the next question is, what years in a row did Kerry Madsen win the Australian Sprint Car Championship? Was it A, 2010, 20, 11, and 12, B, 2013, 14, and 15, or C, 2016, 17, and 18? Oh. So what years now, did he win? I remember in a row? at Parramatta it- when he won, he won one and they said, don't change the number. In other words, he'd won two back to back. So Parramatta, while I was racing, was it 16, 17, 18? Yes, it was. <laughs> On fire. Got okay. two out of three. Two out of three. <laughs> oh so my God. <laughs> You're leaning towards it. This one will consolidate basically a good prize. So how many NASCAR wins did Marcus Ambrose get when he competed in America? Was it? A, three, B, four, or C, six. How many wins did he get in America when he was competing in NASCAR? Nationwide and cup or just cup? All together. Ah. Yes. Was, was it, it three, four, six? Three, four, or six. That's that's the four. Wrong. Shit. <laughs> 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 I think it was two cup uh, wins, wasn't it? It was two cup wins. Yeah. It was six. Shit. Yeah. yeah. The nationwide four, four three. nationwide. Two cup. Damn. Yeah. Oh, I knew the cup ones. This, this is the decider. This is All the right? decider. And you were just talking about Nationwide Series. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm so going to get NASCAR wrong. I'm not a NASCAR buff. Oh, it is about Kyle Busch, who's up actually on that wall. What year did Kyle Busch win the Nationwide NASCAR Series? So they had the Bushwhackers. So basically they had to kick the cup car guys out, the cup car yep. regulars out. So basically he changed the game back then, right? What year did he win the Nationwide Series? Was it A, 2005, B, 2012, or C, 2009? You know I have absolutely zero clue. Just throw it. Just throw it at the board. 05, 09, No, 05, 12, or 09. Yeah, 05, 09, or 12. I feel like it's 12, but 09 sounds more realistic. What is your answer? What's 12. 12? Oh, oh, no. It was nine, wasn't it? Yeah. It was nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I was like, shit, shit. he's got it. <laughs> I was like, he's got to get this. He's got to get this. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, oh, I don't feel like a complete retard then. All right. All right, Dan, what have you got down there? <laughs> um, it's know. a Tizoda head impact device. <laughs> <laughs> don't throw it at me. It you might can break. never use this. <laughs> yeah. oh, hang on, let me see. Oh, there we go. Is it a warranty sheet for a bell helmet? <laughs> oh, you know what? Since you've been such a good sport, 
Was no, you don't one. have to give me shit for nothing. We didn't grow yeah, up in this. True, we didn't grow true. up yeah, in this. True. Yeah. We just got finished what, talking about it. You, you get what you deserve. There you go. You get this. This will be good for the what kids, is, though. Mate, what? my kids will love that. What is oh, that? No. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. But I, I don't even. What are they? Are they? So everyone. Knows like little characters. They little characters. I didn't even realize we had this under the desk. What's it called? They're stretchy, super stretchy. Oh, you just. It's been, a little stupid stretchy it, fight, guys. Oh, my kids will love that. Yeah, it's, this has been under the desk since season one. That takes like, me back to the old days when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah it's got two minis. So your kids will love this. You can squish them and fight them. We were talking about fighting. Oh, yeah. There you go. Fight that was together. like almost a theme of this. Ooh, this yeah. is the early days of training for that the kids. That was almost a theme of our of our talk today, fighting and motor racing. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be oh, – honestly, my kids will actually like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the best present you could have given them. Yeah. yeah. Well, um – Alex, I'm I'm really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Before we go though, I do sometimes end up a, a podcast on a topic. Yep. And obviously, you couldn't make the classic, and you made it vocal on Facebook that you had to basically give away the accommodation and yeah, stuff like yep, that. Yeah. Yep. But your plan next year is is obviously to get more racing. Yeah. Everything in in, in, in <laughs> around Australia or basically New South Wales. Uh, we like Toowoomba. Yeah, in okay. Queensland. So I would aim next year, and considering the last three years, I've done sweet bugger all. Yep. So I would love to do. All of Eastern Creek. Yep. Anything that doesn't clash at Eastern Creek with Toowoomba, do everything at Toowoomba that I can. Do the um, the classic week at Victoria, which is Avalon on Avalon on Wednesday, Mount Gambier Thursday, and Warnable Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So that should see about, I think it's usually about 20, 20 to twenty five nights at Eastern Creek. Yep. I'd love to do two or three nights at Toowoomba, so it's at about twenty eight best case scenario, and about four nights at the classic. So I'd love to do between thirty and thirty five meetings next year. Yep. And the year after, let's go to America. Sounds good. <laughs> Before we go, Brooke, you got any questions for Alex? You can you can end this one if you want. I don't know. I think we've covered everything we've covered tonight. So much. We? Even yeah. parenting, bloody yeah. <laughs> yeah, kids growing up. This will be one of the first episodes. We've got to know Alex we really well tonight. 100%. Yeah. Like yeah. I said at the start, I can talk shit with the best of them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> cheers, Alex, for coming on the podcast. Yes. Thank you for having Thank me. You. It's been a pleasure. Been a cheers. lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. You can also find the full episode and highlights on YouTube. Yes, you can see your favourite guests and us on camera. All the links are in the show notes and don't forget to subscribe to the channel. We'll see you next week for another awesome episode.